Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Champ Manager on the Post podcast. It is episode 11. It's almost the end of 2020. The end is in sight. 2021 can't be any worse, surely. Um, I'm your host, Ross, and with me as ever for this podcast is Dave. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Not to timestamp this too much, but Steve Bruce almost got sacked the weekend, didn't he? His odds dropped massively. So, Yeah, there's definitely something in the in the water there, but then he, then he won, which seems to be how it always goes. When, <laughs> It's like Pardew all over again. It's like we've lost <laughs> lost six consecutive games, four 0 and he managed to pull a result out, and that would get him another few months oh, stay of execution. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of at the point where it doesn't matter, does it? It's like until we get a different owner, it's just going to be some other no mark who gets the job, and we'll just continue along this road until yeah. something changes. Unfortunately, so. But yeah, you're doing uh, you're doing all right. You don't want to get relegated. That's a main thing. Because Sheffield United are dreadful. I'm having a great season. <laughs> I've never said, well, I mean, I know what you want to happen is them to get relegated with minimal points and then we'll probably invite James Rule back into the group, tell him how bad Chris Wilder is, <laughs> and that'll be the end of that. Four goals they scored this season, four goals. As many um, as four. Yeah, Burnley scored four, but also got five points. Yeah, it's not, it's not how many scores, <laughs> what you do with them, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, we're next week's having a table, both got 14 points. We've, yeah. we've got exactly the same records. It's coming up to the um, the old Dave Ross derby in a few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be good. He's got Chelsea in the way first. We've got Aston Villa. Oh, okay, nice. Sun- the Sunday pod's going to be interesting that week then. Yeah, I mean, as an early disclaimer, we have got COVID in the camp, so um, I think we're up to four confirmed players with it now, so that's good. Well, hopefully it's some of the, the worst of players. Has Joe Linton got <laughs> Uh, no, not yet anyway. <laughs> but he, scored, he scored on Friday. This, this is a hot streak. <laughs> I say, I, I say he scored like he had a shot which hit off both of Gary, Gary Cahill's legs and went in like. <laughs> he's got three this season has he? apparently according to the BBC he's got three Yeah. I mean I remember he scored against Morecambe possibly, <laughs> po- possibly twice actually I so maybe them. Yeah. 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 alright yes yes he, he has got three of them yeah. <laughs> fine fair enough anyway let's get on topic this is the championship manager podcast it's number 11 we've almost done a full year of these and we've got some cracking guests lined up today so Dave who's up on the show today yeah so first up we have uh, Andrew Lawn, um, who people may know from various knowledge bits and pieces on the internet but also he has written a book uh, all about um, crowds and you know fan chanting all that kind of thing which is it's, it's for all it's quite niche I think it's really quite interesting so yeah a bit, of a bit of a chat about that but he's also an avid or one or two player um, so plenty of chat about that so that'll be a good one to get started with mm-hmm. uh, after Andrew we have Ed from the Champman Fantasy Podcast so talking about niche this yeah. is um <laughs> You may, you may or may not know, but um, during the first lockdown, um, some guys set up Championship Manager 1 or 2 meets FPL. So basically, they, they 
set up a fantasy game based on Champion 102. People could pick their teams to a budget, uh, and then they simmed the season, uh, and people got points based on who they picked. And it was it's an incredibly well organised affair, and yeah. they've just started season two. Uh, and Ed set up a, a, a podcast to accompany it. It's very funny. Um, Ed's the type of person you could chat to all day about absolutely anything. Uh, as it turns out, he's also a Newcastle fan, but <laughs> I only only met him a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, great. And more importantly, he um, has a history of organising live events. So yeah. when COVID finally leaves our our, our, our lives, we can uh, set up ChampCon, oh, ChampFest, yes. whatever yeah. it's going to be called. We have talked about uh, ideas for that. So yeah, it is on the back burner. And ideally, Ed will just do all the work. <laughs> yeah, and we'll take the credit. That's the, that's the plan. <laughs> Perhaps. <Yeah. laughs> uh, and then our third and final guest is Matt Richards, who is the the other half of um, Football Manager Therapy. So we had Tony on a few months ago, um, and Matt is the sort of the host and the the other side of that of that equation. I, I don't want to say other half; it makes him sound like he's the lesser half. But he, yeah, he's the he's the second guest we've had from that podcast. Um, in a strictly 50-50 partnership. So, yes, it was um, a nice chat about that. Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, just before we get into the first interview, how is the uh, the lockdown challenge happening? It's uh, we're in the final part, part, part now, right? final leg. Yes, we're into the sixth and final leg, which which covers three seasons. Um, so, uh, if you've been playing long, it's been it's been it's been great. I've I've really enjoyed seeing everybody's entries. But the the, yeah. the, the sixth and final challenge is to take over at Monaco. Um, Normally, when you get four or five seasons in the game, Monaco have racked up quite a bit of debt, yeah, um, because they have a tiny stadium and lots of great players on, you know, thirty, forty grand a week. So, um, their money soon for it is away, and if they don't qualify for the Champions League, um, they're knackered basically. Yeah. So, it, it can be quite a challenge. Now, what we found is that some people have been really lucky taking over in a load of debt, and then their boards pumped in thirty million. Presumably, <laughs> had a good night at the casino. Um, Others have been less less fortunate and have been suffering through with you know no budget and nothing to sign. Yeah. Um. So it really is potluck and there's a there's a load of points on offer. Um. So even if you're down the bottom, you could you could do quite well in this because we have like a multiplier in place. So if you yeah. if you retain a Champions League, for example, it, you know doubles your score, and then if you retain it a third time, it doubles again. Right. Um. So you can you know you can really scoop up loads of points here and make up that deficit. So it's designed really to, to mean people are still in with a shout, even if they aren't at the top going in the in the last week. So yeah, um we'll see how how it pans out. But it's it's been a lot of fun to uh, to administer and I think we set the deadline as uh, I think it's the seventh of December or something like that. Yeah. So um a little bit after lockdown. Um but that's fine. And there is a small prize. Um it's it's a real hodgepodge of things I found on eBay, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but um, you've got everything in there from uh, some pencil toppers, which you used to get in cereal. Nice. Um, we've got some Corinthian figures. We've got some old Premier League stickers and some old um, World Cup 98 stickers. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're, it's, a great, it's a great collection. And uh, we're going to add in, um, I think Nick from Same Classic Squad is going to do a print, um, which I'll, 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 I'll buy off him. And uh, you can have whichever game you want in print form. So, oh, brilliant. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, it's never 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 advertised as being this this wonderful generation <laughs> game type type bundle, but uh, it's uh, hopefully something to 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 play for anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll sort the winner out of that next week. Sure, we can find a cuddly toy as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I can find one in this house. There's, uh, <laughs> many toys. Yeah, there's some incredible scores. I've been looking at the table now. J twenty eight Reed is the, the last two challenges. He's just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's um. It, People have, have done. Four. People have done really well on uh, on some challenges. Um, there was a, there was one guy called Ollie Wheeler who was flying along for the first three and yeah. hasn't hasn't submitted for four and five. Oh, 
Um, so I hope he's all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the first first concern. But if he um, if he if he submits four and five later on, he'll probably find himself back in the in the in the running. So oh, yeah, he smashed four, didn't he? Uh, three, yeah, three, yeah. There, there was one guy who submitted all four challenges at once, having done nothing for the first you know, <laughs> to, to deadline. So that's the type of thing you can have. I know. Um, Charlemagne <laughs> just started over the weekend, and he, he's he's a connoisseur. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gate crashes the, the top, you know, <laughs> top ten um, by the time we finish. So oh, wow. yeah, it's um, it's all heading on quite nicely. But no one's the, 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 the seventh. Well, exactly, and there's been I think there's about sixty people have, have at least played one challenge, which is uh, which is pretty good. So yeah. um, hopefully, it's, it's served its purpose of entertaining people during the last three or four weeks. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I would say we're here for the community, but you're here for the community. The work you do on this is incredible. And the people that have p- p- spent the time, spending their evenings playing it and posting scores and screenshots, it's, it's just great to see. It always makes me smile every time I see someone f- taking part in these sort of things. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a bit naff if there'd been like three people. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased uh, people have, uh, have bought into it. And uh, I've, there's been some nice sort of uh, emails from people who maybe aren't on Twitter and things, but they're, they're playing against their mate. Um, and I don't think I don't know any of them from from Twitter or anything like that. But they say, oh, you know, I'm trying to beat this guy, and yeah, nice. it's, you know, it, if that's helped people get through it, then you know, all the better. Yeah, definitely. It's been a rough year, so Chapman ninety seven ninety eight is here for you. It's always here for you. <laughs> it's always here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's get on to the first guest then is Mr Andrew Lorne uh, speaking about his book and his Chapman experience and all sorts of things with that. So I'm joined now by Andrew Lorne who you might know from various Norwich bits and pieces on, on Twitter and the like but he's also the author of a new book, it's called We Lose Every Week, The History of Football Chanting. Andrew, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, we've got um, a lot to get through here, um, for the reasons I've just mentioned, but I uh, understand you've been playing Champman a bit recently as well, which uh, means you fit in the old uh, the old Champman on the Post Venn diagram, in that you, you fit in a lot of different places. So, um, <laughs> As we always start with any guest, is... Um, What's your, your earliest memories of playing Championship Manager? Can you remember how you got into it? How you got into the series, all that kind of thing? Yeah, so when I was, I would have been at middle school, I had a friend, uh, his name was James Ducker, and a great surname. <laughs> and uh, I remember going around his house one evening um, for dinner, and he said, oh, I've got this new game, let me show you. And we went into his older brother's room, and I remember it was like a really sort of, there was loads of books and it smelled really sort of musty. And he had this big old like, desktop computer, how it was back then. And he had Championship Manager 2. And he showed me this save that he had on the go at the time. I think he was Newcastle, actually. And I was immediately captivated by it. I just couldn't believe that there was a football game that wasn't basically the early version of like FIFA 95, that sort of thing. Um, or Italian 90, probably, at then. But yeah, there was a game where you could actually be the manager rather than controlling individual players. It just completely captivated me. And that flashing text, goal for Newcastle, just immediately, I just, I wanted more of it. It was like a drug. Every time I saw that flashing text, I just, I wanted another goal. I wanted another goal. And from there, I wasn't that good friends with him before that evening. And then after that, almost every night, I was like, oh, can I come around? Can I come around? <laughs> and we just started playing and yeah, I was absolutely hooked. Yeah, that's the power of the game. Make, making people friends everywhere across the world. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I love hearing how people get into the game um, because 
we're trying to find the almost the almost patient zero of this. Where who was the first person to, to find it and get addicted to it, and and go from there? We've uh, we're sort of hunting high and low. Uh, we we assume, <laughs> assume it must be someone who uh, started with the very first series of the game and just went around someone's house, like you say. And that's kind of what we're trying to get the bottom of. But um, I do enjoy that everyone's stories is very slightly different. So um, for you, um, after that, obviously first encounter with it. Did you then go on to get it for your own computer and things, or were you kind of moonlighting off this guy's PC for, for years to come? So I moonlighted for probably two or three years, and then I had... Uh, it's quite a weird story, actually. I was bullied by some uh, bigger kids um, at my local park, and it's a long story, but essentially they had just found a catapult, and I was the little kid, they were the bigger kids, and they were catapulting stones at me. And one of them hit me in the face and chipped a few of my baby teeth. God. Uh, so I went and had emergency surgery at the dentist. And then from that, through um, a victim support charity, I was awarded £2,000 in compensation. Wow. Now, obviously, I was, um, I, know, I was about 12 years old at the time. And uh, my mum and dad said, what we'll do is we'll put £1,000 away and you can kind of have that when you're 18. But you can have £1,000 to spend right now. So immediately... I bought myself a desktop computer and I bought the latest championship manager and that was how I spent that money. So I could uh, sack off James Ducker, didn't need to go out his house <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and I used to sit in my bedroom and uh, listen to Travis, the man who, and just play champ for nights and nights on end. Yeah, that's that's a fairly unique way of getting uh, <laughs> getting into the game. We've not, yeah. we've not had that one I've before. I've still got the chipped tooth and... Uh, <laughs> but it was worth it to get me into this game because, obviously, as, as you know, the amount of hours of joy and entertainment it brings you, I wouldn't have had that without that without that moment. So no, it was painful at the time, but I'm grateful. No, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating backstory. So I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> do you um, do you still play now? Has the has the addiction died a little bit over the years, or are you um, are you still dabbling to this day? I'm still a dabbler to this day. I've had. <laughs> Uh, bits and pieces where I've tried to go cold turkey and I've, I've maybe gone six months or a year without playing, but obviously lockdown it brings it straight back and you're you're desperate to get back in. So I've just had a long save where I started unemployed. So this was on Championship Manager 0102, which oh, yes. was my personal favourite. Um, yeah, so I had a long save where I started unemployed. And my goal was to spend lockdown trying to win every trophy on the game. So every league and every domestic cup in every country and it was going really well and i got to season 32 i think it was and i had an error loading the game data so i'm currently it was about a week and a half ago that that happened and i'm currently in the morning process of trying to get over that lost save and whether or not to start again or pick up a new save it is an awful feeling when uh when a save game doesn't load anymore it's uh i think it's happened to everybody over the years it, um, it feels like a bereavement, doesn't it? Because you put so much time and energy into it, well, that's and then it. it's gone. You feel a bit robbed. Like, you feel like you want to end this on your own terms. Like you know, just if, especially yeah. when you go for thirty-three seasons. I mean, you, you've earned the right to walk away. Like it's like being, <laughs> it would be like Man United sacking Alex Ferguson uh, rather than letting him go when he wanted to go. Like it would have been mad, but absolutely, um, yeah, very similar. I think you'll, I think Fergie would agree as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what is it about or one or two then that makes that the the standout game for you? I think it just had the perfect balance of complexity and speed of play. So 
I've played a few of the football managers. Um, the last one that I uh, bought was um, FM19, and I like it because I really like the complexity and the sort of the tactical side and the dealing with players. But it's just too slow mm. for me in terms of I only get the odd sort of hour in an evening or a couple of hours on a weekend to play. And if you're playing a football manager, that's maybe one or two fixtures. Whereas on Championship Manager, you can do half a season in two or three hours. So it had that perfect kind of balance of being complex enough that it felt like a challenge, but quick enough to play that you felt like you were getting somewhere and you could have a long-term save without it taking years of your life. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point that's been missed by people who play the, the modern game, well, say the, the current game, shall we say. Um pretty much do all the jobs of a real football manager but you, yeah. do, you, you don't use like your 9 to 5 to do it <laughs> like you, you, st- you, you know you, you would have to well I certainly find you have to put in an awful lot of time in my case just to learn what the hell you're doing like there's so much to do now and I get I get a yeah. bit scared Andrew I won't lie I'm like well I don't really want to change training in case it goes horribly wrong yeah and you don't want to entrust it all to the assistants because then what's the point of kind of uh, playing so, well that's exactly yeah. it I agree with you. Like, if if someone's willing to pay me thousands of pounds to do it as a nine to five job, I'm quite happy to play the the modern game, the current game. But in terms of just enjoyment, I don't think you can really beat uh, O one O two. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love O one O two. The only thing that annoys me about O one O two, and you might be correct me on this, but I find that some of the appointments that get made by other clubs or indeed nations are ridiculous like we were playing um, a network game on a one or two last summer and um, the England job came up for grabs at the end of the first or second season it must have been after the World Cup I think um, and they could have appointed anybody really but they appointed uh, a guy who was a coach at Oldham he wasn't like the manager he was just on the coaching staff at Oldham and that was, that was who they picked um, yeah, absolutely. I found that with the the long term one that I was doing, because I also wanted to win the international tournament. So whenever a national team job came up, I would apply. And the amount of times they appointed a second or third division coach mm. rather than a manager was yeah infuriating. It is weird. I don't know why that is. Um, I mean, I must admit, I don't play on the patch or anything. Maybe it's one of those things that got patched out over the years. But but uh, yeah, was- who knows? Um, so you mentioned the save you were doing recently, where you got you know thirty three uh, seasons in. Um, was there a save from sort of when the game was kind of current, where you thought, well, this save has taken over your life, and that's you know that's been the, the first thing you think of in the morning, the last thing you think of before you go to bed? Have, have you been in, down that road yet? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple. Um, so I still follow the results of Boston United um, because I had a really long-term save with them. I ended up buying a Boston shirt, getting the name of my star player at the time. Uh, on it and kind of yeah, the usual thing that people get into i also had um an epic save with my friend sean um one summer holiday where it was it was 0102 and it used to record how long you'd been on the game in real time mm. and then give you like a little message like i can quit this whenever i want or that sort of thing and at the end of the six week summer holiday we'd been on it for two weeks of real time <laughs> which was probably a little excessive. I remember that one. I was uh, Coventry and he was Derby. And we just alternated basically who won the league and who won the Champions League every season. There was one game in that where I was 5-0 up at half-time against him. And I bought off uh, one of my strikers for a youth prospect striker, made no other changes, and ended up losing 6-5. And the area still talked about to this day, and that would have been... (laughs) 
<laughs> getting on for twenty years ago now. Uh, there's something magical though about uh, about playing, you know, multiplayer games um, of, of Champ. They always seem to throw up unexpected results as well. Like you, you could play, you know, the, the standard season over and over again and get fairly similar results. But it's like if you throw an extra human entry in there, it seems to th- send things a bit haywire. Yeah, absolutely. And because we were playing kind of together, obviously there was only one mouse and one screen, so we're kind of taking it in turns. And we've got so many memories now from that summer. I think it was the first summer that Big Brother launched. Oh, yeah. So many of my memories are kind of listening to the TV while uh, going on a player search or something or sitting <laughs> and watching it while Sean is sat next to me clicking away furiously. Like so much of my TV memories from those sort of periods are, are next to this sort of click, click, click of him tweaking his tactics or playing a auto windscreen game. <laughs> oh, that's great, doesn't it? It's, uh, it always, always amazes me how many people are still playing to this day as well, considering, as you say, like all one or twos going to be 20 years old next year like that seems there's not many other games I don't think out there that are still played as, as religiously you know 20 years on from the release no, that, I don't think there will be in 20 years time I don't think there'll be many games from now that are, are played in the same way no I mean I can't imagine when Football Manager 40 comes out people will be you know still loading up a Football Manager 2021 20, whatever it is like that's <laughs> I just don't, don't think it's going to work like that no never mind um so recently you've uh, you, you've written a book. Um, we lose every week the history of football chanting. How did how did this come about? What was what was your, your motivation behind writing this this book? So I've always been a football fan. Obviously, I'm going to games, but I've always found myself kind of watching the crowd as much as I watch the football. And it's the games that I've kind of enjoyed the most and had the sort of the most sort of visceral reaction to are the ones that are really, really loud, the games that you really look forward to, like the away games or the derby games or uh, when you've got a big club at home or something like that, just for the atmosphere rather than the game itself. And then when I went to university, I went to a Norwich-Ipswich match as a Norwich fan away at Ipswich. And at the time, uh, there was a serial killer in Ipswich who was murdering sex workers. And the Norwich fans sang... Where's your pros? He's gone. Where's your pros? He's gone. And I remember singing it and then hearing myself sing it. And then it suddenly kind of dawning on me, like, what are we singing? (laughs) How is this okay? And I looked around and there were men and women and children and grandparents and kind of your whole cross section of society were all singing this song. And I looked at the Ipswich fans. And again, you had this huge cross section of society and they were laughing. And I thought, what is it about this place being in Portman Road that makes this okay. Like if you were in a supermarket and you went up to somebody and said this, it would be it'd be completely inappropriate. But in a football ground, this is kind of deemed as funny. Like, uh, why? Why is that the case? Um, so I started to do a little bit of research on chanting, and I found that On the Ball City, which is Norwich's kind of anthem, if you like, is the oldest chant that is still sung today, and it's actually older than the football club. Wow. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and that led me to do a bit more research about other really old songs. So Blade and Races at Newcastle is, is again, it's older than the football club. Play Up Pompey comes from around the same sort of time for Portsmouth, sort of turn of the 19th century. And I just thought, how, are the, how have these things kind of survived? And how has that changed from songs that are kind of very parochial, very much about the one club? So... Blade and Race is obviously very much about Newcastle and the local area and 
a kind of event that happens in the northeast that people in london for example wouldn't know anything about and on the ball city is very much about norwich as a place but how did you get from that to uh, where's your fuzzy's gone for example how did that evolve (laughs) (laughs) so um i did some more research i did a dissertation on it at university in terms of the kind of the sociological factors of what makes people in crowds different from people as individuals and then that just sort of slowly began a bigger story and then yeah i was really lucky this year that or a couple of years ago that Ockley books said this would be something we're interested in have you got a book in you and eighty-five thousand words later here it is that's it's it's really really interesting i'm uh i'm looking forward to getting my, my hands on this and uh and, and reading through it because like you say there's, there's a there's a lot goes on in the football ground that uh, is kind of unexplainable unless you of football culture, um, and obviously chanting's a big part of it. And it, uh, it it just happens, doesn't it? As you say, like someone someone starts it, and all of a sudden, most of the ground's joining in. And it's, uh, it is uh, very interesting to hear that the background to it. I remember once. Yeah, I- absolutely. And a lot of them are really sort of context specific as well, aren't they? That like you have a moment in a game, and suddenly there's a chant about that one moment. And it seems to come from nowhere. And as you say, one person shouts it, and then suddenly, fifty thousand people are singing it. Yeah, it's, it's there's no one quicker than a football fan for wit. Like we were one once at uh, I think it was Derby away, and um, the the peer announcer made a made a balls up. He said like Warren Barton had come on and off or something. He was still on the field, but he said he'd come on. And uh, quick as a flash, someone started off. There's only two Warren Bartons. There's a chant. And, like, <laughs> I mean, who? It's so quick. Like if you know, if a comedian said it, you'd be called him a genius for coming up with this sort yeah. of stuff. It's uh, it's it's really um, absolutely fascinating how, how it happens. But um, and one of the things as well, when you speak to people about football chanting, um, everyone has like a story about football chanting that is is one moment that they remember. So there was a I was telling an Ipswich fan about it, and she said that she'd gone to a game and uh, she was an away fan, and I think it was at Norwich actually. And at half time, uh, a hundred year old man had been brought onto the pitch as kind of like a celebration of his hundredth birthday. And immediately the Ipswich fans started to sing, does your mother know you're here? <laughs> Again, it's just that immediate wit that just comes from nowhere. And it's just hilarious. And everyone's got a story of a chant like that or a moment. It's just, for, for me, it's a universal thing in football chanting. And I think it's really being missed at the moment with no fans in the ground but oh yeah you're really kind of seeing how much of a kind of colorful thing that fans brought to games yeah completely you only have to uh look at results as well to see certainly i saw a stat the other day about premier league games where there's been more way wins than ever before um i don't think that's coincidental i think uh the fans are you know the old 12th man cliche is uh is actually more than a cliche i think it's very much true um yeah. And you know, we all hope and pray that we're back in stadiums before long because it's uh, for all it's watchable, it's it's not sustainable, is it? No, absolutely not. Um, and it's less watchable, I think, as well for me. Like watching it on a on TV with no fans, it just it feels it almost feel, not real. No, you're right. It doesn't feel right, does it? Um, it just seems like a means to an end, which I guess it, it is really. But. Uh, it's better than nothing. That's pretty much the only argument they've got. So. <laughs> yeah. And it does give you a way of passing time as well. Like you, uh, Whenever I look back at oh, what was I doing that weekend, I can only base it around football results at the time. <laughs> yes. So well, it does at least allow you to see that time is moving. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, if games didn't happen on a Sunday, would Sunday even happen? Like, no, There's no proof whatsoever <laughs> to say it would. 
absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you, um, George Colgan did the foreword for your book. Um, how, how did that come about? So um, I spoke to George a few years ago for an article he was doing um, when he was at the Times, um, again on, on Norwich Ipswich, which has come up a lot in this, but uh, he was doing an article. It was the season that Norwich... Uh, went up from the championship as champions and Ipswich got relegated into League One, finishing bottom. So it was almost no better time to be a Norwich fan. Um, and he did a piece on the East Anglian derby, the kind of the history of it. And because he knew that I was sort of researching uh, football chanting at the time, he spoke to me about my take as a Norwich fan on the situation and the kind of the history of the of the fixture. And I mentioned that um, this book was kind of in the pipeline. And he said he'd be really interested in reading it when it was done so when it was finished i thought well there's i think there's very few writers out there that are better than george so i'd be really interested if he wanted to write a little bit for it and luckily for me he was delighted to yeah george is brilliant um obviously as a newcastle fan he's, he's covered newcastle for a number of years now and generally is seen as the uh the go-to voice um it, it's kind of a shame that he's, he's at the athletic now because it's uh not as um I don't know what the, what the right phrase is. It's not as easy to read it unless you subscribe, which you know, people either will, yeah. or people either will or they won't. But um, not as accessible as. Yeah, exactly. Certainly when he was at the Times, you know, everyone could read George if they wanted to. But uh, that's just the the way the world's going, isn't it? So it is, and I think as also the other thing, the other nice thing about George, and a kind of a nice thing about um, football chanting more generally is that. When you are a fan of a club like Newcastle or Norwich or Ipswich or Birmingham or Wolves or one of the fairly big clubs but not the massive clubs, you have this much more of a sense of kind of community. And I think Norwich and Newcastle in particular, being one club cities, are very much kind of the club is representative of the community as a whole. Yes. And the best way that that is expressed is football chanting. And you have to kind of be a fan of a club like that that is very much of its place to really get how powerful that is no i, I agree with that as well it's uh, i do find it odd as a concept that even take manchester obviously they've got manchester city and manchester united both at the very top of their um the top of the game more or less uh, who share a city like it's obviously foreign to me being a one club city so it's um interesting to see how the dynamic shifts yeah absolutely um, so we mentioned Norwich quite a bit. Um, obviously, you're a Norwich fan. Um, do you often play champ as Norwich, or you um, not? You, do you prefer to look elsewhere when you when you're playing games? So what I tend to do is I tend to start my first save um, as Norwich. So whenever a new game would come out, I'd always the first team that I'd be would always be Norwich, and it kind of allowed me, I think, to get a feel of the game because I had a sense of who was good and who was bad and what kind of formation you wanted to play and um, whether or not you were over or underachieving. Mm. But for my longer term ones, I like to start unemployed just because I like that kind of the journey of not knowing where you're going to end up. I think picking a, picking a club to start a save with is probably the hardest part of all of these games is like identifying that one club to be. Um, so I like to start unemployed and then that way it's kind of, it's up to somebody else and I don't have any kind of regrets <laughs> like, oh, I should have chosen them or oh, I'm doing really well because I happened to pick a club that had money to spend or I happened to pick a club that had really good young players type of thing. Like, it's out of my hands. So I, I like to start unemployed. 
I um, used to play as Norwich a lot actually back in the uh, in the sort of early two thousands. I had a um, I had a friend called Rob who was uh, who was a Norwich fan, and that was my inspiration for starting as them. I was like, well, I'll have a go as Norwich. He had, he must have had a go as Newcastle, and we kind of swapped rules for for a couple of games, and they always became uh, the team I'd, I'd go to after I'd finished whatever Newcastle save I was doing. But Norwich in the early two thousands wasn't that easy because after the ITV digital collapse, they just had no money. Um, mm. I think or one or two they start quite a bit in debt if I'm not mistaken um, and the most valuable player is um, Zema Abbey or Zema Abbey I'm not sure how you say it yeah. but he's out for yeah. like, he's out for a year I think so he's, yeah. he's just got this like talented player with the only one of any value who's, who's sidelined uh, and in real life he came back so he'd torn his crucial ligament in one knee and then in real life he came back and uh, 20 minutes into his uh, return game if you like he tore the crucial ligaments in his other knee <laughs> you know, ah. yeah, about two years. Oh, that's bad news. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I quite enjoyed being Norwich though, because um, again, I remember a few years later, it must have been maybe maybe or three or four or two or three something like that. I was them again, and I ended up winning the whole, you know, everything. Um, Alex Notman was quite good. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam Drury, the left back, he was decent. Um, yeah. Rob Green in goals. Rob always. Green was in goal. Yeah, and I was able to get. Oh, really good able to get like all the kind of cheat players like um Rungrit Sami, the striker who was I think he was in Portsmouth Reserves or something, but he was insanely good if you get hold of him. Um yeah. so yeah, I, got, I came quite attached to Norwich. I had a Norwich shirt for, for a few years. Um they, they became, and there's something about yellow and green as well, I think. Like, they're unique colours and they look good when again when they when they flash goal for Norwich. Yeah, it's it's something about that yellow and green flash. I've got another weird thing where I don't like like the the pale colours when they flash, it doesn't feel right. You need like these th- these thick proper colours to really celebrate a goal. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I really dislike like Crystal Palace. Yes, I, I, I was going to say Palace. Palace. Yeah, Palace is, is exactly what I was thinking of. They don't have a they don't have a strong flash. I've got no time for that. No, no, no contrast. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's a niche discussion. Um, well, <laughs> we'll, well, we'll go a little bit more niche. Um, <laughs> you might not have an opinion on this, but seeing as it as it, as it crosses both barriers. Um, on Champman or one or two and the games that kind of era, um, they had crowd noises built into the game. Um, did you ever bother with that? Like play it on? You had to play it on like slow, I think, so it actually get the the crowd noise coming through. Do you remember any of this? Or? I do. Yeah. Um. I. I. Again, it was a similar thing to like kind of being Norwich. I'd always start off and think, yeah, I'm going to have the crowd noise, <laughs> and it'd last about half, and then I'd be like, right, it's going on very fast, <laughs> and the crowd noise is going off. Um, but I would often, when I was sitting there playing, I'd make up chants, absolutely, for whoever I was being. <laughs> so I remember having a Boston one that I'd just hum along to, and it was, it was normally something really bland, bland, just like, Boston, Boston, Boston. But I'd always be chanting myself, rather than listening to the computer generator. <laughs> I, I'm with you, like, it was it was great to begin with. And then I remember once I had, you know, when you used to have, like, your, your base computer, and you had, like, those speakers that you'd, that were basically, you know, proper speakers plugged in and you know, it was before the era of laptops and I think yeah. once I must have loaded the game up with the speakers on by mistake and when you used to load up the game it used to get like that, that crowd roar before the EDOS yeah. thing came up and it was so loud I got bollocked by it. I, I, must, I think the computer must have been upstairs at the time my parents probably in bed yeah you couldn't sneak it on and ever since then the I, think it was just, I think it was just sound set to off and that was <laughs> and that was just yeah. playing it safe but yeah funny memories <laughs> Um, how are Norwich getting on this season? Obviously, we were relegated last year, but stuck with Daniel Farker and 
Is that things looking good? A comeback or how's it going? Yeah, so uh, as we record this, we're top of the league, which is pretty good. We went top on Saturday having beaten Middlesbrough and it's kind of been the opposite of our Premier League season where we had absolutely no luck at all early on and it kind of, we went from beating Newcastle, uh, which was a really impressive performance, and then beating Man City, which was one of our best performances of all time. And then suddenly we had no fit central defenders um and we had we had an ongoing injury crisis basically all season where we only had four or five players out at any one time but they were always center backs so we just suddenly our form just absolutely nosedived and then we were awful and after project restart we were absolutely dreadful um but we do seem to have turned that around this season we have yeah as i say we went top we've kept the majority of the team from last season made a couple of sales, Jamal Lewis to Newcastle and Ben Godfrey to Everton, which has basically paid for us to keep everyone else <laughs> and navigate COVID. So we're, we're, we're doing okay at the moment, but it's a tough one. I don't know how, how you feel about this as a fan of a club who are kind of in a similar bracket, but I much, much prefer being at the top end of the championship to being in the Premier League because I don't find the Premier League fun at all so i'm desperate for us to win the league this season but then in an ideal world the fa would say congratulations we're not letting you go to the league you have to stay in the championship do it again uh it is i know exactly what you mean because it, I, when we were in the championship i loved that every weekend there was a game you could win or, or even yeah. twi- twice a week you thought you know were favorites or at least you know it's a 50 50 kind of game if you were playing a, a west brom or whoever we were up against that time um and you thought, well, that's that's you know, it's, it's a nice change from being battered every week, which was pretty much what was happening to us by the time we got relegated. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been down twice in recent memory. The first time was obviously um, Chris Hutton brought us back, um, and that season I loved because no one exp- we were a mess. Like half the players left, half the, we had about twelve players at one point, and we were just playing kids and loaning players in. Like it was carnage for a lot of a lot of weeks and months, but <laughs> we loved it because it was just. There was no expectations. Didn't know who the team was going to be. We turned up. We inevitably won, uh, and then that was it. And that was great. The second time around, with, with Rafa as the manager, um, I found it a lot more stressful because I felt like we had a lot more to lose. Um, if we hadn't come back up, Rafa would have left. Um, and I think we all knew Rafa was capable of taking us forward. Um, and it, I just I felt like it was a lot more of a pressurised situation. Um, plus, I mean, the game had turned quite a bit in the seven years in between. Uh, our championship stint, and by the time the second time came round, just about every club was a, was a, you know they played proper football. Um, the first time yeah. round there was a lot of hoof and hoof, um, and we just beat them on you know having players who were capable of running five yards with the ball. The second <laughs> the second time around it was a, it was a lot tougher. There was a lot of you know what you call like proper teams down there who uh, who um, you know were very capable of beating you if they turned it on on the day, which plenty did unfortunately, and we, we kind of got lucky in the end to, to win the division, but. Um, it was, you know, it was still more enjoyable than what's happening now, which, which is, uh, yeah. you know, twenty percent possession and uh, usually losing. So, yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, I'd, I'd, like, as a fan in the Premier League, you'd obviously at the start of the season you'd take finishing seventeenth because staying in the Premier League is kind of the most important thing. But there isn't any joy in that. There isn't any memory in that. It's just a slog to get to the end. Like, I watched Newcastle on. Uh, Saturday when they played Chelsea and up until Chelsea scored the second goal 
Newcastle were really, really passive, like really just damage limitation. But you always felt like they're going to get a chance. And if they nick a point, then that's actually a really good result at home to an informed Chelsea side. But as a fan, there's no joy in watching that, is there? You're not sitting there looking forward to the weekend. You're just it's just another game that you want out of the way and hopefully you'll get enough points to stay in the league. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where we're at. And again, it was different when we had a manager who was capable of taking us forward and he felt like everything was 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 getting us somewhere. Um whereas at the minute I just I just don't feel that whatsoever. Um it's uh it just seems to be made up on the fly, possibly on the day of if not the day before the game and it usually doesn't work. Sometimes we get lucky, but it's uh, <laughs> it's not a it's not a joyous occasion anyway. But uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe better times will be ahead. Well, I can highly recommend the championship. Come come back down, have a lovely time. If we come back down, and we don't have Steve Bruce as manager. It may be a laugh, but uh, well, yeah, I guess that's true as well. Actually, if you if you stay in the Premier League and you don't have Steve Bruce, Steve Bruce as a manager, things well, improve a little bit. That's win win. Yeah, I mean that, that's the that's what we want for. <laughs> Um, we'll we'll see. Um, the last thing I'll ask you um, is um, for your Champman Five Aside team. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a tough ask, I know, because there's you know about twenty years worth of gameplay here. But uh, <laughs> have you managed to put a team together? I have, so I'm going to go strikerless. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. How, how, how very 2020 of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I tend to play strikerless anyway. So on O one O two, I like to play a kind of inverted 4-4-2 so I play two centre-backs uh, because I think you can't play three at the back there's always the central one who gets really low average ratings mm. so I like to play two central defenders and then four defensive midfielders so two wing backs mm. a defensive midfielder who sits and a defensive midfielder who goes forward and then four in the kind of the attacking attacking midfield uh, line if you like oh, yeah. with again one who sits and three who make uh, forward runs towards the box so the two wide people run in and forward and the left hand striker runs kind of diagonally forward so I tend to play strikerless on 0102 so I thought I'd stick with that for my forward side team um, oh. and most of my players actually come from come from 0102 alright then who's in goal so Hugo Pinheiro ah great choice in goal just solid 35k get him straight off the bat you can get him Whatever club you are, give if you've got 35k-ish to spend, and you know he's a 7 out of 10 every week. Very rarely a 5, which costs you a game, doesn't it? So Hugo Pinheiro yeah. would be my keeper. Solid choice. So who's going to be at the back in this uh, mini-team? So at the, at the back, um, there's two that I couldn't choose between. So the safe choice is uh, Ocon Ronco. Oh, yeah, yeah. From one I do. Again, super solid. Normally a couple of hundred k guaranteed but I can't remember which game he came from but he was a slightly earlier version there was a defender at Rotherham called Paul Dillon all right yeah, yeah. he was a left-sided central defender and he was a bit of an animal he normally <laughs> sent off times a season but he would average eight and a half every season regardless he was just brilliant and I ended up uh, doing some wiki research for him uh, when we're talking about it, and I couldn't find him, so I don't know if he was uh, a real player or a regen, or if he was a real player who never really had a career. But in one of the earlier games, there was a guy, Paul Dillon at Rotherham, who was superb. So I'm going to go with him. 
Just because he has a bit of a wild card. How are we? Uh, how are we spelling Dylan? Just so when our our crack research team, which is not just me, gets on to, <laughs> gets, gets on to googling this later. D I double L O N. Right, got you. We'll have Ooh. a look. We'll have a look for yeah. Paul Dylan. If you can find him. Um, it'll bring back some real memories for. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll go Paul Dylan just because he's a wild card. Uh, and then I'd play a midfield three, which would be Julius Agahawa. Oh yes. Again, I wanted to quality every week um actually all three of these are 0102 mark kerr from falkirk again obviously like fairly standard champ hero yep and tom tom solo makuku oh again from derby but just a solid a solid choice and i was really delighted this week when um dortmund <laughs> gave a to yusef makuku yeah, and finally there's a Makuku who's filling I know. <laughs> the potential Tom Tom had. I like to think that he he wasn't born a Makuku, and whoever his whoever his parents are just said we're going to name him after your favourite Champman player, and that's <laughs> and that's how it yeah. happened. He's the real Tom Tom. Well, I think so. Yeah, we can't we can't disprove it. Um, no. Agahawa and Shakhtar Donetsk well represented. Um, yeah. With them um, with Makuku, there's a there seems to be like an argument that he was better on. 2001. Um, can you can you confirm or deny? I I, I can't to be honest. I only, I only know him from a one or two. But yeah, I can only remember him from my one or two. But he was sensational. He was on it. Like I don't know how he could have been better on. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was just brilliant. That's a fair point. I mean, there's a lot of players in that kind of number ten rule who are outstanding in that game. Obviously, Makoku, Karlstrom, um, Salakovic. Yeah, Kennedy B. We'll call him because I can't say his last name. Um, yeah, I always called him Barkoogaloo, but I have no idea if that's right. No, I, I don't know, and I'm not going to embarrass myself further by trying. But um, <laughs> Kennedy B. That's what I like. <laughs> Kenny B. Yeah, he's a lovely man. Um, yeah, there, there was there was loads of them who you know mostly Swedish number tens who presumably were all missing an ear in that Sweden didn't win. You know, year 2004 at the very least because they certainly should have done. <laughs> And that's why you want to play four attacking midfielders in that little strike, because you can squeeze them all in. Obviously, it, it costs you a toe Madeira, but that's uh, probably something willing well, to pay to squeeze he, in as many attacking midfielders as possible. Well, he's not real, is he? So. Well, exactly, yeah. So it, you add to the realism by having him. Well, uh, exactly. And Maxim, I think, is just a cheat. Like you, I don't think there's any joy in signing him, because you know he's going to score. Well, he also knows he's going to set you back about 40 grand's worth of wages to get him a work permit. Yeah, absolutely. So you can only sign him if you're a big club anyway. <laughs> and starting unemployed, you tend not to start at a big club. No, probably not. Well, do you think you'll um, try again with the trying to win everything cup or do you think you're, uh, you're going to have to leave that a little bit to, to grieve? Yeah, I think I have to grieve a little bit. Um, I guess it depends a little bit on COVID because um, I started coaching in real life. So I've got a little under-7 team that I'm coaching, um, and they take up as much of my sort of champ time as champ mm. did. So if lockdown continues, then I'll need to scratch that itch, and I'll, I'll <laughs> get over the grieving process quicker than <laughs> if lockdown ends, and then oh, I can yeah. go out and do it for real. <laughs> you, you've got to get back on the horse, I'm afraid. It's the only way to get over a, um, a corrupt save. Yeah, I think you're probably right. To all the psychiatrists, anyway. Um, <laughs> where can uh, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to talk so, chanting and um, champ with you? I'm on Twitter at Andrew underscore Lawn, as in garden. Perfect. And uh, the book, just if you want to give it a plug, where people can find it. 
Yeah, so the book is available in all your usual places that you'd get books from, so Amazon, etc. It's called We Lose Every Week. But the fastest way to get it is from the publisher, who are Ockley, which is O-C-K-L-E-Y. And the reason is, if you order it from Amazon, then Ockley have to send it to Amazon, and Amazon will send it to you. Whereas if you order it directly from Ockley, they can send it straight to you, so you'll get it much quicker. Good idea. Keep that in mind when you're uh, trying to fill that, that Christmas list up. Um is um is David Hardrick uh, Ockley Books? He is, yes. Ah, yes, he's a he's a very nice man. So buy from them direct. Hopefully, it benefits David <laughs> somehow. Um, yeah, he is a nice man. He is. Uh, Andrew, thanks ever so much for your time. I really enjoyed chatting to you today, and uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks, Andrew, for that. It was a Great chat, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Ross, have you uh, any any amusing chants from your days at Elland Road? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of um, ones that we chant quite a lot. One regarding Sky TV is fucking shit. That's always a good one. Um, Sky have to regularly mute our games um, when we're on TV, which is most weeks, uh, every week at the minute. Um, <laughs> also, the, the We Are Champions, Champions of Europe, when that gets going, Elland Road just starts bouncing and people swinging their scarves around, obviously, to the I think it's about the 75 European Cup final, which we won in uh, air quotes. We didn't win, we lost to Bayern, but they cheated. Um, <laughs> we are the champions, champions of Europe still from then. And yeah, this is other stuff. The um, uh, When goalie's taking a goal kick, just the whole crowd goes, Whoa, you shit bastard, as he kicks the ball away. Every time. Always makes me smile. <laughs> I love that some of these chants have obviously lasted a long time. I mean, yeah. not least the fact that that European Cup final was 45 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep, not letting it go. We, been, we're been still pa- chasing been, that. Been, been passed from generation to generation. Yeah, we had a uh, friendly lined up with Bayern Munich um, just before lockdown, like for the end of this season, just so we could say, like, we, we've beaten them and we're going to take that trophy back then. <laughs> <But> <laughs> didn't happen, unfortunately, but yeah. yeah. I'll have to try these things, I don't know. Chance are great, though. It's, it's really brought home to me watching football during lockdown how much I missed fans. Because mm. I don't know if you watch the games with like I always flick between the two and listen to the the players shouting at each other and then just flick back to the artificial crowd noise because football without it is just so weird. It is difficult to watch without the crowd noise. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which game it was over the weekend, but Steph said, "Why haven't you got the the crowd noise on?" I just had it on the wrong channel. Yeah. Um, and we immediately turned it back, and it was like, "Ah, oh, it's better. It's normal it's again." Just, it just looks <laughs> wrong, doesn't it? It's just weird. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's going to be weird when I have like. 2,000 fans in um, from yeah. next week because they're not going to make much noise with, no. all, with all due respect like unless they have the bloody drummer from Portsmouth go to every game <laughs> they're, really uh, yeah, it's um, it's going to be eerie I think yeah I'd rather go no fans until it's fine to have every fan back in because it's going to be weird like, I've, I've seen games at Ellen Road when there's been 7,000 for Leeds versus Grimsby in the first round of the Johnson's Paint Trophy and it's just oh, yeah. a dismal, dismal atmosphere. No one wants to be there. At least people who want to be there, I suppose, the two or 4,000, but yeah, how much more noise can they make, really? Mm. I wonder if they'll still have some artificial over the top of it. Mm. I don't know. Hopefully. I guess I guess we'll find out, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was a really great interview and um, you can check out his book. I'm sure it's on Amazon. It is, it is. Um, yeah, so... Good stocking fella. I feel like Graham Norton when I do these, these shows this time of year. Like, I'm just, just plugging everyone's stuff. It's great. We've got a platform. If they want to plug it, that's fine by us. Well, exactly. We're always here for the content. Um, who have we got next? Uh, so next is Ed from the, the Champman Fantasy Pod. Yes. Uh, like I say, Ed is 
one of the most amusing people I've ever spoken to. Like, just um, very, very funny man. Um, and his, his podcast is also quite funny. Um, but I say it's extremely niche. Um, it's about a game that was created earlier in the year to, again, get people through lockdown. But uh, it's I guess it came back for mm. the second season um, and now has this accompanying podcast to go with it. Um, so I won't spoil the interview any further, but let's head over to my, my chat with Ed um, from the Champ Man Fantasy Podcast. My next guest is Ed from the Championship Manager Fantasy Podcast. Um, Ed, welcome to the, to the pod. How are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. I'm all the better because Newcastle just won 2 0, which you can, you can confirm that I told you before the game it was going to be 2 0 and Wilson was going to score. Can you confirm that, Dave? I can confirm that. That was true. I mean, people are going to think this is set up, but this is probably the happiest we've ever, I've ever had. Like two, yeah, yeah. Two, two combined guests on this on this podcast. Absolutely. If you're not a Newcastle fan, you don't understand what we're going through. <laughs> I just won away from home in the Premier League and we didn't concede the goal. And that's the first time we haven't conceded a goal all season. And I called it. I'm so happy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're kind of a, a lucky charm because uh, we haven't been speaking for that long, but uh, obviously it came to pass that we have quite a bit in common. So uh, yeah. from from one podcast to another, here we are. Um, before we all get into, uh, into into what you're doing with with the podcast, um, let's just talk about you for a minute. What's your um, your earliest memory of, of Championship Manager and, and playing the series? So I am 30 years old. So when the f- when my earliest memory is CM2, oh, which yes. must have come out in when I was 95, when I was five, I think, or something. Yeah, like that. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so um, my earliest memory actually is my dad bringing it home on his sort of work laptop setting up at home and we, we we started a game which was uh which when you don't really know how to play the game you start a game with all three of us so you know he's got a team and i've got a team and my brother had a team and obviously i don't think many people play like that anymore <laughs> not on online or anything you know it was just you'd, you'd sit at the thing and do your thing and then click next and it would go to the next person <laughs> i remember i was um so I must have been five or six or whatever, and I was uh, Newcastle manager. This might have actually, I'm just thinking, because my memory is that I was Newcastle and I spent the whole budget that we started with, which is about 15 million, I think, maybe 10 to 15 million, can't remember. And I wanted to buy David Seaman. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was six years old or whatever. And I'm trying to think, was that before Euro 96 or was it because it was just after Euro 96 and my dad had just got the game a year later or something? Well, the thing with CM2 is that it, it was pretty much the same game from 95 until 97. So they, they basically yeah. just like, had the same box and they just basically released different data with it. So, I mean, it, yeah, it, just 97, 98 updates, it said, didn't it? Sort yeah, of yeah, exactly. So it was, it's, it, you know, it might be very possible that it was, it was either uh, game you played. But yeah, uh, either way, David Seaman was, was always been a safe pair of hands. Let's just clear well, that. Well, I mean, <laughs> now I look back and think, what a waste of the budget. Like, you've got Shade, it's good in the game, just keep him. Uh, <laughs> Or you've got, in fact, I'm thinking of 0102. Who have you got? So you've got, you've got, um, you've got Shea given in 97, 98, haven't you? And you've got yes. Harper and you've got Carl, what's his name? Carl. Carell's is in a 102, yeah. Um, oh, is that 0102? Yeah. So, so that's the thing. My, my two, obviously, like most people who play Championship Manager and indeed the two books that you've written that I can plug for you that are very good. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm ordering them for my dad for Christmas. But um, on the, you know, those are the two main games, aren't they? People talk about. Yeah, I think in so. sort of a nostalgic way, are ninety-seven, ninety-eight, and oh one, oh two, and so I get them because they're quite close together in years. I get them a bit, a bit mixed up because I'm currently playing and doing a podcast, as you're going to hear on oh one, oh two stuff. 
So I'm trying to differentiate in my head. <laughs> 0102 squads from 97, 98 squads. But anyway, yes. So I spent all the money on David Seaman. I think it must have just been the after year 96. And uh, he was obviously a hero because he saved a couple of penalties against Spain in a shootout, against Scotland, etc. And uh, he was just a legend, wasn't he? So, he was. I, my overriding memory of David Seaman in that tournament is obviously, like me and my dad loved him saving the penalties against Spain. And then when it went to penalties against Germany, my mum came in to watch the shootout. And obviously, the, like the Germans, like dispatched every penalty in the top corner. I remember after like three penalties, you turned around, and went, Phew, "Some penalty saving expert he is," and then walked out and I was like, well, "Mom, you uh, <laughs> like, getting nowhere near these like expert penalties." Well, my my mum thinks she's a genius because every time I say to her, "Newcastle's going to win," she says no, and she's pretty much always right. Yeah, that's, she's that's, like, I put money on this. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. No. That's the old like batting the bat, back on the five to one on favorite and being like, "Well, I'm a gambling expert." Like, yeah. <laughs> It's like me. Well, it was me today saying two 0 Newcastle. You know, Wilson goal and. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions, but I'm pretty sure you're the new Yuri Geller. So. Yeah. Uh, exactly. What? Yeah. You see that? Did you see? Sorry, I don't know how much this podcast diverges, but did you see Yuri Geller his Twitter video, or whatever, where <laughs> in shootout he's like yes. Scotland, and it was just clearly like if he missed. Oh, sorry. If Scotland didn't go through, he just wouldn't have posted it. Like, what? What a career that guy's got. He just films himself guessing things until he gets one right and posts it online. I know it's it's ridiculous, really. He's made a career out of well, claiming to move the ball in um, in Euro '96, and then claiming to well, I don't know if you saw. He tried to get down to um, behind the goal during the, the semi-final shootout, but the the steward stopped him. He's he, slightly mad, but I mean, jokes on us because he's made a career out of it. So, <laughs> well, exactly that. I mean, again, another pointless anecdote about Yuri Geller. Um, uh, I don't know if you saw the Ant and Deck thing the other week about the um, Twenty Years of the Jungle, but Yuri Geller was in the Jungle many years ago. When he was yes, a di- when, that. when he was a director at Exeter City, and um, they'd gone yes, in, they'd yes, gone in, so and, and he said, "He said, oh, did Exeter win?" He went, oh, "I can't tell you." He went, "Ah, oh, don't worry, I will read your mind." He went, "Yes," and of course they'd lost. So that's what we're yeah. dealing with here with Yuri Geller. Anyway, enough about Yuri Geller. Um, <laughs> Chapman O One or Two, as you've said, is probably it probably shades as the most popular version of the game. I think if you look around on Twitter, it's, it's still. Played pretty heftily um, by a lot of people. Are you, st- are you still playing it now, or is all your attention focused on the um, sort of the podcast and the the fantasy game we're about to talk about? I've been playing Championship Manager 2001, 2002, and it is I'm almost embarrassed to say since I was about 12 when it came out. <laughs> and in fact, I was playing today. In fact, I've got it open right now. <laughs> in fact, it's never and, been off. Uh, <laughs> let me just tell you, I've got to, I've got to share this. Uh, so, oh, isn't. Not, not, not. I can tell you. I don't need to look. And so I, I started with Rangers this game, and particularly in lockdown. So, so in lockdown, I've been on furlough a little bit with my work, and uh, you know, and even if you're not on furlough, so I'm not on furlough at the moment. But suddenly in the evenings, nothing. You got nothing on. You know, you're locked down. So, so um, particularly started playing again then, and I started again with Rangers, uh, and I won the title five years in a row. Won the UEFA Cup with Rangers. Very happy with that. Obviously signed the 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 key players. You know Mark Kerr, particularly if you're Rangers, you can get him quite quite easily. Actually, it's Scotland. I think you get him for slightly less if you if you're an English team. I find to buy Mark Kerr, which of course those of you who are listening to this probably know, but I don't want to patronise you. But just in case you don't, Mark Kerr is a player of mid, mid, central midfielder. You're very young at Falkirk, who you can get for about under a million probably. But if you're in a Premier League, it seems to take about maybe 1.5 when I play. But as Rangers, I'm going for about 400,000. So. Uh, F- F- Falkirk get very picky selling selling self of the border, but when you know Rangers come along, they're like, yeah, well, just have them. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Scottish. Uh, yeah. So I got him. 
the Scottish League on that game is actually really interesting. I, I don't know if you played the um, the race that um, Stephen Fife did over the summer, where, where basically everyone could be Celtic or Rangers, and you scored points for doing various things. Yeah. And uh, I was I was Celtic in that, and it was a good good laugh being Celtic, as you're probably the same as Rangers. You can pretty much hoover up every trophy quite easily. But um, every other club like has a fairly hefty budget. Like for, considering the Scottish League now is um, you know pretty much on its knees. Um, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. When, when I when I played this, so I only stuck in, you know, how Championship Manager works. Uh, when I started the game about a week ago, now I'm six seasons in. Um, the uh, I, I was surprised that uh, each season the SP, what is it, Scottish League, whatever, yeah. SPL, is it whatever yeah. it is. No, uh, they, yeah, they they give you they only give you half a million for TV rights. And you think, flip, you know, think of it now, you know, in the Premier League, they get 150 million a year or something, half a million then. Um, but all the money's made, if you're Rangers or Celtic, through the group stage of the Champions League, if you get in and you win 1.8 million per win, I think. So oh. so that's where the money's, money. I'm sure you know where the money's made. But yeah, it's, great. it's a great league. And, I, you know, I got, um, I got Shearer and uh, I got Shearer for 9 million from Newcastle. Uh which I committed my budget to because I'm a Newcastle fan and I'm 30. So Alan Shearer is my hero. And it doesn't matter whether he's going to be a good buy or not. It doesn't matter whether he's going to cost all my budget or not. I managed to get him somehow. For some reason, Newcastle sold him to me. And he scored, I just noted it down earlier, 180 goals in 260 games. And then I uh, got rid of him at 35 and he went to Wickham. Well, that's a fall <laughs> from grace. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I think you're quite right. Shearer on that game is unreal for probably three or four years and he starts to decline a little bit and it probably depends on where you're playing but um yeah. i love playing as newcastle on that on that game purely because um we just signed lauren bear and as you mentioned before she given shearer kieran dyer gary speed um yeah. they're all great champ players yeah. and you, know, you don't have any center half but you don't need center half because two west on a free transfer so that's exactly usually exactly. resolved very easily <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Not, not. It's not hard, you know. No, no. It's and not. Then, then, usually, what happens if I play Newcastle? I bid for all the players that uh, I'm not going to be able to get, like Joe Cole and uh, <laughs> Harry and Rio Ferdinand, uh, real Rio Ferdinand, and then they never come to me. And then I go to, you know, you know, Trebo West, and um, just go from there. Mike Duff, oh. uh, get him in and make him sort of right back, and you know, there you go. But uh, yeah, no, Newcastle is a good game. But I mean, Shearer starts off. Uh, no, he's fit, isn't he? It's ninety-seven, ninety-eight. He's injured at the start. Is that right? Yeah, he's actually injured in both, but on ninety-seven, ninety-eight, very, very injured. Um, whereas in a yeah, one or two, nine months, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas a one or two, he might miss the first game or so. He misses those dreadful inter-total games Newcastle gets stuck with. Um, yeah. But, oh yeah, yeah. But well, he's normally fine. You, you can, playing sort of Lapland FC. And yeah, like and you can wheel, you can wheel out Shola <laughs> and, and Luwalo yeah. after that. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? Um, what what you've been doing recently is a podcast about Championship Manager meets fantasy football. So, for those who are unaware, um, during the first lockdown, if I'm not mistaken, um, some great fellows set up Championship Manager or one or two meets fantasy Premier League. So basically, they took all the players in the game, assigned them a budget, well, a, a price, and then give managers a budget. Uh, it was all very very heavily spreadsheet based, and said, "Let's do fantasy football using Championship Manager one or two, which is bloody genius." Um, You've obviously been bitten by the bug because you've then gone on a step further and started a podcast about it, which is very, very funny. Um, what was talk us through your journey from you know seeing this game being set up to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So obviously, as I've told you, I play 
CM and 102. I mean, I play some of the new football manager games occasionally, particularly like the classic touch ones, because they're a bit closer to the old version where you can get through a season a bit quicker. The modern versions of fantasy manager, uh, football manager, sorry, that that, that take a, a top end computer and, and 15 hours each day. I don't do because I just, it's too much. Like, I mean, if I had the time, I'd probably do it. But but it's just too much for me. So so I've always played the old versions. I saw on Twitter, I've never really had Twitter to be honest, but um, I did used to sometimes check it because I'm quite into my like politics and stuff. So you know, and that's where you find out information and yeah. things people. So and and it came across um, in lockdown CM0102 fantasy, and I thought, wow, like those are two of my favourite things because I love fantasy football. And I thought, but I missed the season one deadline by you know the start of it by like two days. And I thought, ah. Oh, you know that's really annoying but anyway I'll, I'll start season two so i started season two and uh i already run another podcast uh which is just a football podcast nothing to do with championship manager nothing to do with fantasy football although i do mention it sometimes with my brother it's called the marvelous throw-in podcast that's just kind of comedy football chat i've been doing that for a while so when i saw Championship manager, a one oh two fantasy football. I thought those are two of my favourite things combined. <laughs> fantasy football. It's like someone. I, I don't know what it's like. It's just imagine whoever's listening right now. Your two favourite things somehow combining. It happened for me. I mean, I'm I'm in, I'm in a dream. Championship manager, a one oh two fantasy football. Some geeks out there have worked out how to make that work, so I don't have to. Brilliant. I'm gonna play. <laughs> Uh, so I signed up straight away and uh, I immediately noticed it's quite a small community. So in season two of it, for example, I'm nothing to do with this, by the way. So if you're listening, thinking I'm selling this, I'm not really I'm not part of it other than I'm just a person who plays it and does a podcast. But season two of it, I thought and noticed that there wasn't a ex- an exclusive podcast for it. Uh, there's people who there's quite actually a lot of fantasy football podcasts that include it in it because there's about a billion fantasy football podcasts but i thought there's not one just about it and my sort of style is not really to take it too seriously just to have fun and make a few jokes about it so i i released i I just on a monday i decided oh this is a fun idea and i knew i had tuesday off so tuesday morning i recorded a podcast that would just sort of just off the cuff released it and it went really well actually i had about 300 people listening which listened to the first one which was amazing given that the that the amount of people playing uh fantasy football cmo wanted to is currently about two and a half thousand for this second season uh including one celebrity a uh i think an actor from hollyoaks so oh. i don't know who he is but he's got he's got one of those ticks on, on, uh, on twitter it'll be so, um it'll be luke Jody, that's I, name is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's luke something i don't know who he is but anyway um, he commented on one of my posts, and I was like, he's got a tick, and he's commented on my like, <laughs> Who is he? Is he the president of, you know, Bulgaria? I was like, no, no, he was just, you know, he obviously not diminishing. Oh, no, I've got myself in a hole here. I'm going to stop talking. Right, I'll carry on. Um, so, fantasy football, what am I saying? So the, so the journey was basically, step one, I'd already done podcasts, so I knew how to do a podcast and get it on, like, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And, and I got a background a little bit in graphic design and stuff, so I knew how to make a logo. I just knew how to do it all, so I thought it won't take me long, actually actually to just do this idea i've got so i did it and uh, episode one had you know everyone loved it it's called the, by the way it's called the championship manager fantasy podcast wherever you get podcasts you can listen to it if you want it will be funnier if you understand sort of championship manager stuff so in episode one for example we did uh, we had a <laughs> it's based on a 102 sort of time so i'm acting as if it's 2002 
um, because in the in the fantasy game is 2002, and uh, we have a, a medical specialist called Dr. Bernd Ars, who's not Bernd Haas, the Sunderland player, but he's Dr. Bernd Haas, and he did a, in episode one an expose on um, gashed legs, which in Tamshimanjo one or two seems to keep people up for months. Episode two, we did an expose on bruised heads, go and listen, that sort of thing. You know, we, we our chief analyst is Jim Samba, Cherno's dad. Um, obviously, it's just it's just a laugh, really. So, so yeah, I just did it, and people have listened, and it's been great fun, and I've had great feedback, and I got chatting to you through it, um, and that's how I'm here, really. Yeah. And I and I love Championship Manager, not just O one O two, but I think in a conversation with you came up that I love Championship Manager ninety seven ninety eight as well. So therefore, I'm here. And exactly. As soon as you said that, I was like, right, get on the pot. We need to talk about this. Um, no, I mean you're quite right. It's uh, it, it it combines two of the two great things. I remember. Um, when they set it up, I think they even made it the BBC when they when they first um, when they first yeah. started this. Because I mean, it, it was obviously a time when there was no live sport as such, so this type of thing was, was to be celebrated. Oh, and it's, you know, I'm a bunch of <laughs> football fans. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't actually. I, I know I've talked to you before this, etc. Do you play the this version? No, I didn't. They, um, I, I did some retweeting and stuff for them when they first set up, but I didn't want to commit to it at the time. Um, I think I mentioned to you. I've, I've got obviously this on and all the blog stuff, and then I've got a small boy who keeps keeps me busy a lot of the time. So I thought, well, I don't mind promoting it, and I think it is great. But I, I, I I'm one of these people who, if I do something, I really want to win it, and I'll get annoyed if I'm like, <laughs> if, I, if I'm not winning it. So, so I'm not like that. So I don't <laughs> win it, but I'm I'm like mad. I take hits all the time, you know. So in proper FBL, for example, this week I've taken a minus sixteen. Good and grief. that is the third I've taken, and I think I've taken also a minus twenty and a minus twenty four. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you know. If oh, you don't, I do. Then, uh, Completely. Uh, yeah, so lots of hits for me. And uh, it makes it fun. Because fantasy football for me is just fun. Like, I don't care about winning. And I like to try and make it so that I've got a player playing in each game. I mean, that's what my priority is. So that each game I'm like, God. So, for example, Callum Wilson tonight is in my team. Oh, me too. And that's a golden assist because he assisted the second. So that was a good shout. And that's paid for basically all my my hit. <laughs> because he'll get... 15 or something, 14, 15. So. Yeah, so the other 10 have just got a night off, basically. That's the way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever, they, whatever they do is a bonus. They're only contributing positive and positive points from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, the thing about, sorry, just to continue, to, to go back to um, my story about my earliest Championship Manager memory, that Championship Manager, I think it was probably 97, 98, let's be honest, because I've signing Seam and it must have been after Year 96. But anyway, um, my dad brought that home and it's the only computer game my dad's ever played I think I'm right in saying <laughs> and he still plays today so as in right now um, not right now but as in today he's 60 whatever oh I shouldn't be saying this he's going to listen and then kill me that I've said but no one people don't know my second name he's 60 something and he's still playing championship manager uh, occasionally and loves it and uh, 97, 98 and in fact I texted him earlier because when you said, you know, we're going to talk about Championship Manager, I just texted him saying, you know, just remind me, who, who are the best players to sign? You know, who have you found? And he re- replied immediately with a massive long list, you know. But he won't, he won't move on to any future versions. <laughs> it's just 9798 for 20 years solid he's been playing it. And he will continue, I know, for another 20 years. Occasionally he has to go on eBay and buy an old Windows computer laptop to replace the one he's got. And uh, he loves it. He's a man after my own heart. Can, can we have, like, the edited highlights of this shortlist he gave you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Arno Good Johnson. Great choice. I, uh, I just dad. Plays forever. Mm. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, my comment on that, that he hasn't said, but he would if he was here, is that that player then morphs, as you know, I'm sure, mm. the, the, the game regenerates them into an incredible, uh, I think, defensive mid, sort of midfield centre player. I mean, you'll know more. He's, what, um, he's, he's the old defensive mid slash forward. So <laughs> it's, it's a classic... Um, and he's got 20 on, like, on six or seven stats. Yeah, oh, he's incredible. I, he's actually, like, if I could pick any guest, I'd love to have him on because, one, obviously he's fantastic in the game. Two, he's a genetic jackhammer because he had Ardiger Johnson as his son, who in turn has had about three kids, all who play professional football. So those genes <laughs> are incredible. And I just think, you know, get him on to chat well, about it. The Haaland genes, the Haaland genes are, uh, are, are trying to rival them currently, aren't they? Well, I can only assume at some point Alfinger Holland was bitten by a radioactive goal scorer because that, I don't understand how else you go from that to sort of defensive midfielder or whatever Holland was into this goal scoring machine. But unbelievable! I mean, yeah. So he's he's great. You've got uh, the other players. He said uh, John Curtis. Oh yes. So, yeah, obviously. We, I mean, we all know that uh, from Man United, very young. Uh, goes on to be Blackburn in real life. Is that? Or that's is right. That no, that's him. Yeah. 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 Sometimes uh, real life and the game mix in my head. In my head. <laughs> Heidenstrom, obviously, we all know. Lovely um, being on this podcast. You've, you've followed in famous footsteps. Yeah. Has he been on this podcast? He has. He was episode two. Wow. I'm going to... I mean, my dad will definitely listen to this because as soon, as soon as I text that, he said, right, you've got to send me that episode. He said... Because he's, he's, he's not sort of up-to-date tech-wise, so he wouldn't have no idea of this community of people still talking about the <laughs> So he's going to discover it and have, you know, he'll for a week or two, maybe, will just be looking and reading stuff. I'll show him your blog and honestly, he'll be gone. Uh, Danielson, you mentioned, which oh, is, yes. bit, I mean, come on, he's too, he's too much money to be a good shout, Dad. Come on. Uh, Jamie, sorry, Jamie Day, you mentioned. Yeah, he's an Arsenal centre mid. He's um, about 18, I think. Good, good player. Yeah. Uh, Vic, Vic. Vitka Leonenko, who of course is the Ukrainian guy, I think. Is that he right? is, I yeah. don't, don't know what yeah. Kiev, yeah. Uh, and then he said Michael Owen, but I mean, that's pouring. I, 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 <laughs> see that, I think he was at work. He has got better answers than this, I know. I mean, I added to that list Mark Emmers, who's on a free. Ah, good guy. I think a, a tw- uh, a, like a quirk of the game. Did they do it wrong or something? Yeah, the ball's up the editor. So he's actually in the editor three times. Um <laughs> One is his Perugia, but they spelled Perugia with two R's, so he goes to minor team. Um, one is at Perugia because they spelled it Mark with a K, and he has no set position or stats, so he could be a goalkeeper, he could be a left winger, just just a, just a mystery. So uh, the game, he got it wrong, and he well, who was he meant to be at? Uh, he was meant to be at Perugia, but they put, they put two R's in it, so they... Um, so he ended up on a free? So he ended up on a free, or minor team, I think, depending on how much your game loads, but yeah, it's like 300 grand, so... So, yeah, I, I buy him every time. Yeah, I think I think sure, I'm sure the story goes that in the out the box version he's on a free, and then they were like, "Well, this isn't right." So the tried to put Perugia, I spelled it wrong, so he ended up at minor team. So he's 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 there so many times, they got it wrong every time. Like, sack that researcher immediately. Um, I'll continue through my list, which this is mine now. So obviously Eric Neverland is. Ah, oh, what a great guy! I mean, come on, legend. Uh, it, it did seem to me, why is this? Sometimes I think he's on a free when I start the game, and sometimes he's at Man United. Yeah, so Man United got really greedy in the editor, and they have something like 42 players assigned to them, and there's only space for 32, so um, 10 at random will be released on a free. Um, they patched out... Dave, um, you, honestly, I think I need to set you up with my dad, just I, for I think, like, yeah. a meal in an evening. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to love this. I'm going to set it straight away as soon as it comes out. 
he's he, these are all the questions he's wanted to know for years well there's always die a happy man there's always an answer it only took 23 years to get them but we've got answers for everything now okay the other one was um now this one because i haven't played honestly i haven't played 97 98 for maybe like three or four years now um i've been playing 01 or two a bit more recently but easter is it jermaine easter graham easter uh jermaine easter is graham easter there's a striker he's a striker and i used to get him for i was a lower league team so maybe championship or well division one or lower and it was graham easter i think and he used to get him for a maybe half a million four hundred thousand. he used to get 20 goals a season can I where from oh i can't remember no, no. i can't think of, i can't think of you mean I, i'm so happy i've actually stumped you this is, <laughs> this, is this is my this was my aim Hang on, let me just let me just let me just Google this. Graham Easter. This don't worry, this will be interesting for listeners. Graham <laughs> Easter. I'm gonna make this interesting. Okay, it's currently fifty one. I'm on the Wikipedia now. I found him straight away. It was Graham Easter. Apparently he in nineteen eighty nine joined crew and played three games and then in nineteen ninety went to Preston and played one game. Nineteen ninety three went to Viborg, that's right. I got him from Viborg FF. Oh. And he played 15 games and scored no goals. So I have no idea why he'd be any good in Championship Manchester 1998. But I definitely used to sign him and he used to be very good. So there you go. Well, There's a new one to add to your list. I'll go and sign Graham Easter. Graham as, Easter. As soon as we've done here, I will um, I'll research Graham Easter just for you. <laughs> Let me just check in my get in my uh, list if there's anyone else. Uh, well, obviously, there's obvious ones like uh, Florian Maurice, oh, yeah. who... He's a player I've, I've never seen in real life, but in the game, he's just an actually, absolute legend. I think he's the most expensive player in the game. Yeah, the, ge- the game had him down as some sort of Ballon d'Or type winner, and I think he was obviously good, but I don't think he was ever that good. I think he has abs- he's an absolute stats beast as well. I think he has a lot of high high stats, but um, yeah, didn't quite hit those heights, I don't think. And then in 97-98 as well, just the last one I've got is, because the game starts and Alan Shearer, and you and me obviously would have started with Newcastle a lot, uh, Alan Shearer starts as injured for mm. knee ligament damage, so eight nine months out. Uh, Bakayoko. Oh yes. It's obviously. I mean, the go, the go to. Yeah, don't need to talk about him. Ended up at Everton, didn't he, in real life? And everyone who played CM was like, "Oh, he's going to be incredible." And then he was. Yeah, I think it was probably he's probably one of the first footballers who obviously went through that whole. He's great on Champ Man, and he comes to the Premier League, and he actually isn't great. And it's like, yeah, this is this is backfired. I think it was yeah. him and was it Neil Lamptey, probably in the very early nineties, who you may not remember because yeah. you're a bit younger than I am. But he was um, amazing on the very early Champ Man's, and then he signed for Aston Villa, and I think he ended up getting loaned to Coventry, which tells you how well his career went. Um, and he was no good. So, but... have you ever had the the Colliers on here? Yes, they were in the first episode. They came on and talked the series for an hour. Um, they, obviously, they loved it, um, but they remembered unsurprisingly very little about niche games and niche points for, from 20 years that, ago so. I mean, I'm actually the fans now of the game sort of almost in a weird way know more about the sort of database I think yeah I think so I think um, I mean they still work on the on the new games to this day so you know they probably well I, I, I got in touch with them on Twitter recently to try and get them on our podcast which isn't about average manager but it's just about football and yeah. obviously plays football managers and he said he replied which is great Paul Collier and he said, I'm going to come on. Our comedy podcast That's great. I'm just working to a deadline currently. So get in touch after. And obviously that was for FM21 or whatever, Football Manager 21. So he's going to come on ours, which is amazing. Yeah. So it's good. It's oh, he'd be a good, 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 good crack. He was, uh, you know, him and his brother are, are really 
you know, nice down to earth people, just happy to talk about football and obviously their passion. So, um, yeah, I look forward to hearing them on yours. Uh, yeah, I'd love that. Um, so, on your um, one or two fantasy team, uh, it's gone into <laughs> season two. How how do the the organisers do this? And so, do they give everyone like sort of stat packs every week and say, well, here's the squad, here's who's available? Like, how do they how do they release that to you all? Yeah, so so for anyone who's hearing this for the first time, which I mean, I suppose the so fantasy champ man is brilliant, and so many people would want to play uh, their 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 challenge. I guess I'm 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 completely speaking from an outsider is just getting people to know about it. So this is a helpful chance, I suppose. I can speak for them. Um, how does it work? So so there's a website that they've created, which I assume when I go on it, it must it's fantasychampman.com by the way. So if you want to go on it, you can go on it, uh, log in and everything. And um, there's all the players with set prices at the start of the season. There's no price changes. So those of you who have played FPL before will know uh, sort of normal FPL. There's usually price changes. There's no price changes. Um, and during the week, so the game week is on a Thursday and they'll play the games. And it's there's a they tweet out the results. So each goal, for example, they'll, they'll act as if it's 90 minutes with a 15-minute half-time. And they'll tweet out the goals as they go in across the grounds, sort of like a soccer Saturday feel. But you can also follow on YouTube where there is literally a soccer Saturday stream. You watch. <laughs> There's two presenters. It's all set up like Sky Sports News with the scores on the right hand side of the screen and the ticker along the le- on the bottom. It's amazing. And you can watch and comment along with people. Great fun. Honestly, the, the, the quality of the production is incredible. And mm. um, so that's how that works to to be informed and make your decisions, much like FPL, there'll be an orange flag on your player if they're not going to play or a red flag if they're definitely not going to play, sort of injured. Um, but also there is people out in the sort of community of people who do it who, for example, there's one guy called um, on Twitter at CM underscore fantasy, and he does sim data. So he puts the teams as they are in the game and plays the games 20 times, all of the fixtures. <laughs> And he'll give you these stats of what the players do against this team and what the team will do, and how they'll set up attacking or defensive. And, that, you know, and for example, this last game week, I, the first time I watched the sim data, but I watched it certainly 20 minutes long or something and he plays all the games. And he will tell you, for example, in the in the Liverpool Leicester game, um, 12 times out of 20 Liverpool keep a clean sheet. So I got some Liverpool defenders in and a clean sheet came in, actually. So it worked. The other sim data didn't really work for me. But anyway. Uh, so that's how you find some stuff out. And then once a week on a Monday um, at CMFPL Scout, which is Championship Manager Fantasy Podcast Scout. Is that right? I think that's, that was near enough. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> they tweet a team leak each week. Uh, and it's only one team usually that's focused. So two weeks ago, it was Shearer was out. He'd gone golfing. Um <laughs> I think my podcast, in fact, invented the golfing and then it ended up into the main game. But anyway, so Shearer was basically dropped. Um, and there's a thing in CMO 102 that's called rep. They call it in the community. They call it rep 12, which is when when a team, for example, like Manchester United, a good team are playing at home against a poor team who have a reputation of 12 in the game in the Premier League, which is the lowest you, I think you can get in the Premier League. They will rotate their whole team. Oh. So you don't want the team because because the, the game engine has decided right this is a chance to it's like a league cup or something a FA Cup game it's yeah. the other side 
and it just decides right i'm going to switch the whole team so newcastle had that against i think uh who was it watford at home or oh i can't remember right now but anyway so the whole team was was um, rotated because newcastle were quite good back then and the team they were playing had a rep 12 reputation of 12 which you can't see in the game you've got to go into the database to find that out but anyway so they rotate the whole team and uh, you've got to watch out for that. So it is absolute carnage, the game. It's brilliant. It's not like FPL where you think, you know, is De Bruyne going to play? Of course De Bruyne is going to play. It's not like, you know, it's not like that. It's anything could happen. So you pick your, tw- you pick your players, you enter it into, you know, there's a deadline an hour, half, hour and a half before the team sheets are released or before the game starts, sorry. And uh, you go from there. But it's great fun. Yeah. I can't remember what the question was, but uh, no, there we go. Me neither. I think that's Me neither. But I think you covered it. It was. Um, I love how how in depth it is. How uh, they go to those, I mean, the, the soccer Saturday stream is something else. Um, Have you watched it? I, Honestly, I had a pick of that the other week. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing. So they do the whole ninety minutes as in goal. You know, there's been a goal in the and there's a ticker of the time. So it goes through the whole ninety minutes. There's a half time for 15, 15 minutes. It's a great way to spend a Thursday night. And um, if you don't play the game currently, you'll probably have to wait till next season. I don't know whether you can join now, but just at least I'd give the stream a watch to see what you're missing out on because it is actually so good. Yeah, I mean, it makes me wish I was playing it, to be honest. I may well dive in for season three because I'm, you know, a sucker at the end of the day for this sort of thing. Um, does it last for the full the full 12 months or nine months or how long a season lasts or have they sort of yes. condensed it a bit or? Yeah, good question. So I, so I'm obviously new to it. I'm, I'm actually new to it, but I think in season one they were doing over lockdown. They were doing games much quicker. Hmm. But this time, sorry, I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. This you can maybe edit that out. If not, then so sorry, listen. I don't know this this is edited at all. There you go. And so what happens is, um, uh, this year it's going to be one a week on a Thursday. Um, so 38 game weeks, only Premier League, obviously, and uh, it's going to be 38 weeks. I think that's the plan. There is double game weeks for certain teams, like in FPL. So, like in real life, as you know, if you've played the game, the fixtures change. If you get a European game, it says this game's been postponed, this game's been postponed, and it all changes. For example, the first double game week this year is in game week five. And Liverpool and Blackburn have two games each. If they have that, then they do a stream on a Thursday with most of the games. And then the double game weeks for Liverpool and Blackburn, they will play on the Friday, but it will just be tweets that they'll send out, not a live stream. Yeah, I think that's currently the plan. Well, that makes sense. No, it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's very well organised. I like it. Um... I mean, the, the shame, the shame for... For real CMO 102 enthusiasts, of which many of them are, of course, is that like Mark Kerr hasn't made it into the game yet. And uh, there was actually a massive sort of shock, which was Cherno Samba is obviously still only like 16 or 17 in the game. He's still at Millwall. And obviously in the start of the game, when you play, he doesn't play for Millwall because his and the, the reason is behind the scenes, his reputation isn't big enough. That's how how the computer decides who's going to play. Yeah. Is, reputation you know if they're a computer generated team so you know in the real game if you just simmed it Cherno Samba wouldn't play for three or four years first game of the season in season two he's priced at the lowest price a, a, a striker can be placed which is 4.5 million and if you don't know Cherno Samba is like a championship man I'm sure you do but sorry to patronize again championship <laughs> man, oh, one or two. Cherno Samba is like a legend he becomes this incredible player 
week one of season two, he starts, and everyone's like, "Why? Yeah, what?" <laughs> and no one expected it. Four point five million. He scores two goals. Oh my god! So, so everyone went for him. Who most of them would have just gone and not even thought about Cherno Samba's good in this game. I'll get him; he's really cheap, and they wouldn't. And they'd think they were geniuses at this after the first one. But he won't probably probably won't play again all season, or maybe one once or twice. But so, did that mean Millwall got promoted then? Oh uh, yes. Oh good grief. Yes. Yeah. All of a sudden, going off this with this wider world. <laughs> yeah, they must have. I mean, I didn't play season one, but obviously um, they must have promoted. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, suppose uh, with Samba. It's but... with... Ipswich defence is obviously very good uh, in season one. Uh, they've got Richard Wright, Titus Bramble, Haridison, Clapham, and Wilness, and you know players like that. And they end up they end up being defensively very good in season one, but season two hasn't been great. I remember Matteo Serini, their goalkeeper, is absolutely insane. Um, yes, and there's no reason for it because he wasn't that good in real life, but he's just I'm sure he's played a ten against me a few times. Same with Mark Poom at Derby, just well him. there. Sorry, go on. I was going to throw it in a 10 every time I play them, but just yeah. how it goes. He is good. I mean, um, my reason for being a Newcastle fan but not having a, new, a you know, a Geordie accent is that I was born in Newcastle, but when I was one, I moved down to very near Ipswich. And to watch football, uh, I had a season ticket. We always support Newcastle. My dad's unit from Newcastle. Uh, but we had a season ticket at Ipswich. I had one between the ages, I don't actually know, it must have been about between the ages of, seven and 13 so that period exactly of cmo 102 i watched and i went to the playoff final when they got promoted uh, from the championship i was there all the season they finished fifth in the premier league because it was oh, yeah. in their first season yep. in the premier league i saw i think i was there Although maybe it was just maybe i didn't go but it was in those seasons Ipswich beat inter milan one nil in the uefa cup uh, Ronaldo was on the pitch at Portland Road, but Alan Armstrong scored the winner for Ipswich. <laughs> wow! Uh, yeah, but you a, know, but another uh, great Geordie man. Don't you forget it? Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> okay. I mean, what a time for Ipswich! And uh, you know, I, I they would be my if they came in the Premier League again. They'd definitely be my second team, uh, Ipswich, just because they were. Was season to go? Well, a funny story. Sorry, I don't know whether we've got time, but anyway, a funny story is we had a season to go Ipswich for. You know, for years, and then they got into the Premier League, and they played Newcastle, right? So we'd been sitting in the same family section, my dad, me, and my brother, for for two, three years. And uh, my dad said, before we played Newcastle, you know, you're in the Ipswich end. You know, make sure you do not celebrate if it's if Newcastle score. <laughs> so I thought, you know, brilliant. Okay, right. Okay, just just hold it in, whatever. So I thought, great. We go in. Um, <laughs> Newcastle go 1-0 up. Nobby Solano scores, I think, scrappy goal on the line, if I remember. Yeah. My brother, silent. You know, we hold it in. My dad told us. My dad slaps his knees. Yes! Now, at this point, families that have been sitting next to us for three years and talking to us about Ipswich Town are looking at us, scowling at us, thinking, what the heck has gone on? You know, what on earth has happened? And I think we won it one nil, and uh, we we did get some scowls and some comments as we uh, we left the ground. Not because of me and my brother, because of my dad, who has been <laughs> going to St James's Park since he was, you know, very very young. So he just can't hold it in. But me and my brother had can. There you go. That's brilliant. I mean, that's that's the type of thing that happens in in a sitcom, isn't it? If that had been 
Delboy and Rodney, like it would have been as appropriate, I think. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I luckily did not carry on that sort of tendency because I uh, went to, do you, do you know the, uh, well, of course you do, Newcastle beat Sunderland 4-1 at the same like Shearer's last game. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And I was there, but in the Sunderland end. Oh, God. Um, because I couldn't get a ticket in the Newcastle end and Sunderland then wasn't full because they never fill out the stadium because they're not very good fans. And uh, <laughs> that's just to annoy any Southern fans. <laughs> um, they are obviously good fans compared to some teams in the South. I won't specify. But um, yeah, anyway, I was in the Southern end and I got a ticket last minute. And uh, they went 1-0 up. Obviously, Justin Hoyt scored, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And you th- I thought, oh, this is absolutely horrific. Because Sunderland, I don't think, had won all at home all season at that point. And you thought, if they beat us, it's going to be horrific. And then, obviously, we, we won 4-1. But... That was the moment I had to employ my don't celebrate tactics because I would have actually probably wouldn't have made it to today and wouldn't be on this podcast because I'd be dead, I think. So there you go. Yeah, it probably, probably wouldn't have made out alive. Although if you, by the time Luke scored the fourth, there was hardly anyone left in the ground, if I remember rightly. Because I think, obviously, as you said, they had such a miserable season and this was their last thing that was going to save them from total write-off of a season. And it was just... Yeah. It went was it was going well for them and it really wasn't because Michael Chopra made them scared and that was about it. So Yeah. The only people Michael Chopra has ever made scared. <laughs> Precious memories. Um yeah. Ed, it's been fantastic talking to you about all of this. Um where can people find you on Twitter with the pod and all that kind of jazz? So um there's there's just two places. Um one I've got a if you're into sort of just into sort of modern day football chat from a sort of light sort of a sort of comedic standpoint is kind of the idea a bit fun a bit of chat a bit of comedy that's at throw in pod marvelous throw in podcast that i do with my brother tom gray who's a sort of zealous celebrity so you can go check that out and then if you're interested in it which is what this podcast is about which is the championship manager fantasy podcast uh which is at twitter at uh what is it uh champ man fantasy that's it champ man fantasy and uh you wherever you listen to your podcasts both of those podcasts will be so go and have a listen and if you like it subscribe like five star all that sort of stuff brilliant good good plug very (laughs) professional um ed thanks ever so much and uh we'll speak to you soon thank you dave thanks for having me Thanks to Ed for that. That was a really uh, interesting chat. We went off on a number of tangents, but uh, the the best thing about this was that the revelation that Ed's dad still plays Champion Night Seven Ninety Eight. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, he um, what a guy. Yeah, my dad would. My dad's tried to play PC games. He, he went for the. He went straight on Assassin's Creed and that sort of games. So and I think maybe Champion's the one to get him into because he can get for hours on that. Yeah. Well. It's um, you always find out stuff on this podcast. It, it, yeah. You always get get amazed by the different things I I, I run into on this. Um, but yeah, Ed, Ed Star still plays Champion Night Seven Ninety Eight. What a man! I might I might load that up on my dad's laptop for him just to see how he gets on. Uh, enjoy <laughs> the challenge because it's fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know these people who all say football was better back then, which it was, um, can. Yeah can really enjoy it yeah exactly yeah so yeah make sure you check out their podcast there's what two episodes available now 
Uh, yes, uh, episode two just came out um, last week, uh, Thursday or Friday, I think it was. But yeah, it's um, it's going to be a regular thing to accompany the game. So um, yeah, get, get yourself stuck into that. And then our third and final guest for this week, then Dave. Yes, yeah, so our last guest is uh, Matt Richards from um, Foot Manager Therapy. So we had Tony on a few months ago. Mm. Uh, Matt is the other half of the podcast, um, and we just talked about a bit of champ, a bit of podcasting. And of course, Foot Manager 21 came out last week, so we talked a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, it was just, just a nice, fun chat. So let's, let's head over to that right now. My next guest is a double act, or one half of a double act of a, a Football Manager podcast who you may have been listening to recently. Uh, and his name is Mr. Matthew Richards. How are you, sir? Hello. Yes, I'm very well. Very well. Thank you very much for having me on. No, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I feel like I also full named you there, giving you the full the full Matthew. Do you feel <laughs> yeah. Ma- Matthew or Matt? What, what's better for you? It's you know, it's funny because in school and for so long, when I was young. No one ever has ever called me Matthew until <laughs> I started being self-employed and and uh, sort of that's my like declared name is Matthew so it is kind of nice now to hear it after <laughs> 20 odd years in the past of just like Matty, Matt whatever abbreviation so yeah I know Matt Matthews all good with me all good with me oh, that's good don't want to get anyone upset in the first minutes of a record so. <laughs> um uh, the first thing we always ask any any guest is uh, what's your what's your your earliest memory of championship manager you know how far back with the series do you go so we were we were actually talking about this on on on, on our podcast not long ago because I was trying to rack my brains about the first the first edition I played. I think it was Champman Two, and I think it was it was after its release, quite a while after its release, because I remember getting it from W H Smiths. In do you remember the, like the little spinny racks oh, yeah, of, yeah, of really cheap PC games? And it was it was just on that rack, and for some reason I was just like, oh, I said to my dad, like, I'm gonna get that, and he was like, yeah, sure, um, and that was it. <laughs> and then we were off to the races, but it wasn't really it wasn't really until oh one oh two that it became you know what it is now, or I have like more memories, and, and you know I kind of like re- memorize a lot about that game, and and you know sort of. Um, even you know my mates getting into it because it was it would have been when I was sort of in like secondary school I would have been about 13 14 I think uh and that was like the first that, that like 0102 was the first game that you'd like you know you turn up in the playground and you'd be like oh have you heard of this lad from Brazil he's called <laughs> a Julio Baptista and then that was it then like but yeah so I think 0102 is the one that I first like really remember but I think yeah I think I had Champman too really really early on as well yeah, it's amazing how many people sort of have a similar path where they've started with maybe one of the earlier ones, but it's always a one or two that seems to have sucked people in for um, yeah. the most amount of time. Okay, you kind of answer my next question, which is going to be, why do you think that is? And it's kind of just, it was right in the time for, you know, for people of a certain age where they were you know, at an age where people were playing this game at the same time. And I think- Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's, uh, especially with football games, there's certain ones that, that, that stick... You know, in the FIFA series, for me, it's World Cup 98, the, oh. the the actual World Cup edition. And again, 
perfect timing you know i was I was probably about like 10 ish around that time that game came out and i was like super into football and that's the one i think of but then you know if, if i think of like pro evolution soccer I, it isn't really until like pro evo four or five that i think about that game and i was thinking about why oh one uh, like oh two oh one oh two stuck for me and I think it's because it's the game that gets written about the most when I, because when I found Ian McIntosh via like his actual real football writing, I remember reading him talking about 0102 and it was, a, it was this brilliant piece about, he was just so romantic and it was just the way he spoke about the game and he's saying about the balance of it just being perfect. Um, so I do think it's a little bit of a, it's had a bit of a touch up over time where people have kind of like framed it as something, you know, amazing. But in reality, it's, <laughs> it, it's probably not as good as we remember. So, yeah. No, you make a good point about Ian as well. I think um, he, even to this day, has is, is probably nailed up like blogging about Champ Man and then oh, later yeah. manager, like or the FM project, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and he did, I think it was Everton on Champ Man one or two. He did, uh, yes. And that was you know, I was, I've got in that when I was just starting out what I do, and I was like, this guy, like, I'm never ever going to be as good as him, but if I can get half as good as him, I'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, and it was just extraordinary. And then he even wrote a thing about, I think, was it Civilization or something like that, where he did something. Yes. And I was just, like, laughing my ass off at, like, some of the things he comes out with, and I was just, it just, he's just, yeah, I just get him as a writer. He's brilliant. It's a shame yeah. he didn't do more now. Obviously, he's got his fingers in many pies, but he, um, he, yeah. he plays a trail, as far as I'm concerned, so... It's it is always funny in that fandom because he is sort of the what do you know Ian McIntosh as, <laughs> and, and he's kind of like you know owner of like muddy knees or you know general presenting hosting work or as a writer. Because uh, yeah, I loved him as as a general football writer. I remember he wrote this piece about sympathising or uh, empathising with with managers, and it was this great piece about well we do know what it feels like to get sacked as a football manager we, we've known it for years <laughs> and, and, it, and it uses f- like football manager as a comparison i remember it just being like like you said you, you, you kind of have that moment don't you where you're like oh i hope to be that good i know that i won't ever be that good but he, it was really him attaching you know a real thing like yeah. a tan- like tangible emotions to a video game that really made me fall in love with the game even more um, and I think it's it's that's such a special quality to have as a person where, you know, you just have this like passion and care about something that is very silly in, in reality. <laughs> it's a very silly thing. But to make people have like such an emotional thing, I think that that's great, really. I, and he's, he's yeah, he'll always be. To me, he'll always be the football manager, champ man guy, always. Yeah, completely. I remember we did the FM project, and uh, I toddled off up to um, was it Glasgow or Edinburgh? Glasgow, I think. And uh, it was obviously like maybe 25 of us, basically nerds, in this. it was like the back room of a, of a pool hall. Um, yeah. And he, he had this like Churchillian kind of speech prepared about why we were football managers and this kind of thing. And it was just like, it was, he was in an absolute element. Like it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, that, that's, that, I thought it was great. I wasn't let down, met him in real life, put it that way. He was exactly yeah, as, that's as he wanted good, to be, yeah. which was, uh, which is brilliant. Um, so obviously you've been playing champ man for a number of years and then obviously went into football manager because 
as we found out a few months ago, um, you and Tony Jameson have started Football Manager Therapy, uh, which mm. is a podcast all about Football Manager. Um, can you tell us from, uh, how it came about? Was it your idea? Was it Tony's idea? What, what made it come together? So it's a bit of a long story, so I hope that's okay. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, good, good. It's Because it's kind of like got a million tangents um, and it, we kind of end up in the same place, which is, which is quite nice. But football, football Manager Therapy, um, the name was is my idea. Um, and it actually was an idea I had a few years ago. And this is going to be, it's going to be a lovely little tie-in with, with Ian McIntosh because it's something that... Uh, I, Ian McIntosh inspired through the book, which I can never remember the title of. Is it? Is it Football Manager Ruined My Life? I think it's Stool. Was it Ruined? Stool. I think it's Stool. Yeah, because Tony's show is obviously Football Manager Ruined My Life. I know that because I'm editor. But yeah, it's Stool. Yeah, I think you are. You're, you're right. And in that book, there's um, there's a part of that book where Ian McIntosh goes to see a real life a real life therapist, and it is. It's it's sort of embellished, shall we say? There's there's reality in there in terms of the conversation, but he kind of makes it out to be this almost farcical moment, which again is a, is a credit to him as a writer. Um, and there's a bit in that 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 part of the book where he the, the um, therapist says it isn't a problem until it's a problem, and it really made me laugh because I was like, that's such a that's such a great thing about a football manager because we are so weirdly obsessed with this game and there's definitely been periods of my life where football manager has become a very big problem (laughs) Um, where it's taken a little bit too much over my life. And then there's, there's other times where I've sort of found balance with it. So the original concept of football manager uh, therapy was that I was actually going to do a YouTube series where I was a therapist and it begins with people coming in and saying, you know, I'm Joe Bloggs, uh, I'm 27, and I'm a football manager addict. And I was going to psychoanalyze people <laughs> about their football manager addiction. And it was this idea that I had, and me, me and another friend, um, we, I think we did like a, we ended up sort of, we did like a really, it was really stale and bad video uh, and it just it, it it failed like it lost all the shape and the concept. I think because I let him host, which sounds horrible, <laughs> but it's not his job. And it sh- and again, I, I don't know why I just let this the 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 therapist angle go. And then I kind of just put it to bed. It just went into the back of my head for ages. And then during that time, not long after, me me and that friend ended up meeting Tony after him doing his live show of uh, how football manager ruined my life at the Lowry in Manchester. Um, mutual friend who's a stand-up comic introduced us after the show. And it's, it's funny now because <laughs> when, we, when we, we got together to do this show, I was like, yeah, it was quite funny when I first met you because I was a little bit like, oh my God, it's Tony Jameson. Like it's, it's the guy <laughs> from Blaze Spartans. <laughs> and I was a bit of a, like, bit of a nerd about it. And, and, and yeah, so, so we kind of met through there. And then he, he, he just started turning up in my life a lot at really random places. Um, and it'd be, we, I don't want to say it was begrudging because that makes it sound like we never liked each other. <laughs> but we had no intention of ever being friends. And then we kind of just ended up constantly going, oh, 
you know this person i'm like yeah or like vice versa and then we were like oh we should probably be friends then um so yeah so then me me and tony started speaking more and then over the course of this year we, we ended up reconnecting a little bit um as this kind of, I guess, has been the case with with uh, the pandemic, mm. I guess it's 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 driven people away and brought other people closer. But we, we just started like texting a little bit more, and and then we just got to a point where I think we we were both we were both prevented from doing. You know, like I, I'm a live events host mainly. That's that's the the majority of my job. And obviously, like Tony was was still doing a bit of stand up um, on the on the weekend, so we were kind of prevented from doing the things yeah. that we enjoyed. And we, we he he started doing the YouTube stuff, and he actually I think I think it came about because he was asking me about YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. And then I kind of was like, I've been thinking about doing a new podcast because I've always I've always liked podcasting and I like audio as a form of of you know media. Um, and I was just kind of like, we should do a football manager podcast. And he was like, yeah. And then we went back and forth with a million names. So a lot of the, the stupid show episode titles are, are failed uh, podcast titles because it nearly became much ado about, it was, I think it was much freddy ado about nothing was going to be the name of it for a while um and then i i I put it into google it was a quick google search and so many articles came up and i went no that's that's not good and then i just again like a lot of things with ideas i just had football manager therapy in the back of my head and i was like that's a really good title and i I like because it was it was kind of therapy for us to sit down once a week talk for an hour about this 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 silly game and it kind of went from there really so yeah it was i guess i guess it was meant to be it was almost like destiny where we kept on going into each other's lives and we're like (laughs) we're probably gonna work together at some point so yeah it was was great it was really cool and it's it's obviously gone really well um i can see that from you've gone and from sort of the free version if you like to have adding a, a patron on which you know people don't do unless there's a good reason for it so mm. how is that has that affected how you record things at all um do you feel like there's more pressure when you've got you know people sort of paying for it or is it does that not come into the equation at all it's it's definitely we we, we we've, we've ended up re-recording a, a few episodes and it's funny because they're never the the weekly episodic ones where where it's literally just two blokes talking um so those are the ones where we try and do something different as a, as a concept or uh, as a format, because I think f- f- with both of our backgrounds, we understand an element of variety is a good thing to have because we know that uh, uh, what's, what appe- appeals to some people doesn't appeal for everyone. And we, we do try to balance that with, with the main show. And, and we've, we've sort of settled into a formula where we, we, we spend you know a, a half of the podcast nerding out and talking about the technical side of it and then having more of a general chat either about football or you know some sort of theme that we can you know, sort of encourage <laughs> i was gonna say normal people then <laughs> that's really bad <laughs> non non-football manager addicts which should we say in but the, the only time we've ever felt pressure is when we do a new concept for, for episodes but even when we started doing the retro episodes we re-recorded so many of them and it it just 
it's funny because we both do it at the same time and it's good because it means we're on the same wavelength. But we're like, we'll record an episode and then we'll sleep on it. And it's whoever texts who's first. And it's usually Tony because he's, he's, got, he's got kids. But um, and he's up before me. But it's like, we should do a re-record. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And we, we've done it. We did it with the, the Patreon episode that will be out, be out on Monday, which is about yeah, the new data analysis off in the game. And we, we did it. We did it last night or the night before. Um, and we tried to be like Michael Cox and Tom Warville and... It, we were just like, what are we doing? We're, we're idiots. We're absolutely, this is not what people want to hear from us. They want to to hear what, you know, we, we were trying to be something we weren't. So we ended up re-recording it today and we were like absolutely elated with it because we were like, there it is. So sometimes it, I think I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because it's just naturally the way we are um, as as. I hate to use this term because it just makes me cringe every time, but entertainers, I guess, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah, we, 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 we both have a little bit of, of perfectionists in us and, and it, it comes through in, in Tony's videos. Um, and I do, I do a lot of the, the, uh, I say a lot of, I do all the mixing. So it's all the mixing <laughs> and all, all the editing and stuff. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I've basically had a, <laughs> over the two lockdowns. I've, I've, I've had a crash course in like um, audio mixing <laughs> because I'm like, I have to get it right. I have to get it right. And um, a friend, a friend of mine, uh, again, um, he does a load of things now. But a guy called Scroobius Pip, I used to be on his podcast network. Oh yeah. Um, and obviously, he's a musician, and he in, and he knows a lot of. You know, people in audio tech and stuff. I remember him telling me <laughs> not that long ago, he's like, do you realize that every single podcast file gets compressed down to an MP3 so it really doesn't matter? And I'm like, yeah, but it matters to me. It matters to me that, that Tony Jameson's voice has got texture in it. So yeah, I think I think if anything, it's internal pressure rather than the external pressure. But yeah. You make a fair point though. Like if, if you were a musician recording a song or an album or whatever, you probably wouldn't get it right first time. Whereas... With a, mm. with a podcast, for the most part, I mean, uh, we, we certainly don't re-record stuff. Whatever, what happens, happens pretty much. But yeah, you're right. I think it, it shouldn't really be that pressure if you want to re-record it. I, think, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I think it's a pretty good thing to have. Uh, it's and it's such a different experience from from a live experience because you know I never think twice about when I do live shows or I'm hosting something. You know, it's done. It's there. It's 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 out there, and that's fine. And you know, sometimes again this side of me i will always watch my stuff back and, and nitpick and i'm repeating that word i'm stammering here and you know it's just again the way i am but i think with when you do something in the moment and something live there's an energy to it that's either from the audience or just in that moment mm. that that always kind of comes through even if it's a recording um whereas a a sort of pre-recorded or, or more planned out thing you kind of yeah you can kind of edit it along and again it's that thing of like i like it's it no matter whatever happens we're always going to be in control of our own content <laughs> um because i know what i know what works for tony and tony knows what what works for me so yeah we did put a lot of thought into it and again it's not like i mean apart from tony accusing an italian football player of being a member of the mafia on one of the Italian episodes, me having to explain to Tony that 
that is a liable comment <laughs> that we can't have on Apple and Google. Um, so we had to edit that out. But other than that, we never really said anything too bad. <laughs> but yeah, I do. There is some moments where I'm like, we can't say that. Uh, so let's take that out. I don't want to get sued by anyone. So. So you mentioned you've done some retro episodes. So there's been um, Mark uh, and Freddie Adu. Um, yes. Are those the two so far? I don't know if I've missed one there. but Tariba West Tariba was West the other one. I had in, to yeah. think about that, yeah. yeah so, so obviously two of those are Chamana 1 or 2 legends. Uh, Freddie Adu a little bit later on, I guess. So I think it was, was he 03 or 04 when he first made his appearance and kind of got, yeah. got, got better and better as it went through for a couple of years anyway. And then people kind of cottoned on that wasn't going to happen, but never mind. Um, are those... Those first two, where Tariba Western Marker, would you say they're your two standout Champana one or two players, or are they just kind of the most popular ones and you've got your own little shortlist, really? It's, yeah, I, I, Tariba West is definitely the, was, well, we kind of mentioned it on that episode, was definitely the one that we always signed. Like, I remember always loading that game up, always signing Tariba West, no matter what team, <laughs> where I was in the world, <laughs> I was just like Tariba West. And immediately at the time, I wasn't really, um, you know, delving into to far away leagues or, you know, going lower leagues. So he was always kind of available. I remember Mark Kerr was my dad's player, which which is a very I think it's a very apt description of Mark Kerr. He is a very dad's favourite player because he works hard, you know. <laughs> like you know, there's there's this sweat on the shirt and, and his socks are rolled around his ankles. So it's it, I think for I think for us, I mean, Mark Kerr was the first episode that we did in that series. And it, and I will be honest and say that it was a very calculated decision in the sense that we were like, yeah, we kind of need the guy that uh, an older audience talk about. And that's kind of what the retro episodes were and probably will continue to be. That's our little love letter to the, the OGs, you know, mm. um, and it's, that, it's always interesting sometimes because I think we've got we've got a list at the minute. The next person we're doing is Martin Palomo, which again is a sort of an 0102. Uh, he, he did pop up in a few others, but I remember him being because he was a little bit older in 0102. Uh, um, he was just un- unplayable for about three years in that game. Like uh, yeah, probably, probably, like anything in the same three-ish series, like all the way through to probably a 102. That was that was like his his peak. Certainly, yeah. the, certainly the game. Question was, it wasn't real life. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so like, it's become this thing where it kind of morphed into something else. Again, it's, it's, it's the whole podcast has kind of continues to, to, to go on. But now we, uh, we we did the Mark Kerr episode. We loved it. We were happy with it. But it was the Teriba West one when we were doing research for it where we are like, this guy's a maverick, <laughs> you know, and, and we were laughing our heads off about the stories. You know, uh, the, the, the line that Tony said on the podcast, which st- genuinely still kills me, is um, his Yugoslavian lover turning into a snake. Um, <laughs> like, we were crying and we were like, this is amazing. Um, and so now we're kind of, uh, Freddie Adu, yeah, that episode brought something else out, which is we, we started to talk about the development um and the improvements of of the academy system in in American football and with the MLS and we we, we sort of spoke more about the person Freddie Adu and the player Freddie Adu and what went wrong why did it go wrong um you know what can we learn from this experience who are the you know 
I think I said in that episode, you know, Freddie Adu walked so Christian Pulisic could run and, you know, now look at Giovanni <laughs> Rainer and stuff. And, and it, it kind of taken on and it took a, a narrative onto itself. So now we're kind of trying to pick players that, you know, are known on the game, but they've got so much more to them. And Martin Palermo is the perfect, the perfect example of that, where if you just know him on the game and you just remember those moments it's still great. It's still spectacular. And, you know, you're still going to have them stories. But then when you find out about him as a player and as a, as a, as a person, you can't believe the stories. It's it's great. And, and it's, it's such a good excuse for me and Tony to sit down and watch just far too much YouTube videos of <laughs> South American football. <laughs> um, so, we're, yeah, it's, it's become, it's taken on a life of itself. But we, we again, we did joke that, we are going to reach a point with a retro episode where we might have to refer back to the book uh, and who's on the list on the book and be like, oh yeah, they they were something. So uh, I think I think the golden episode for us though, I think like the one when we set the podcast up, uh, we were like, yeah, we need to uh, we need to save that episode and it needs to be the right moment at the right time and and and, and everything is Cherno Samba. Oh yeah. Uh, again. You know, the way I think about it is oh, I would love to do a live show with Cherno Samba. Like that's that's my dream because, you know, and again, I know Macintosh did uh, quite a few bits and pieces in the media with him and he's got a book out. But he was just the guy for, for, for us that we were kind of he just became so mystical um, and like larger than life despite you know arguably again you know with, with freddie Adu, you could argue he's like well at least he played for benfica and you know was <laughs> sort of touted by man united and and stuff but but cherno samba's story is no more detailed or in depth than the kid you went to school with who had trials for everton or liverpool like that's essentially who he is he's he's this this moment in time that that if you weren't in that moment, you just won't get it. So I just think he, I think he's the ultimate one. He's, he's just fascinating. He, what he is fascinating. Uh, again, I spoke to him uh, when his book came out, and it was around the time that Freddie Adu had done an interview saying that he kind of blamed Football Manager for not getting anywhere, mm. um, which was ideal for me. Talking to Cherno Samuel, because like, well, what's your take on it? And he couldn't have been any more opposite to Freddie Adu's outlook. Yeah. And he was just like. I love that it happened because if it didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be sitting talking to you now about a book like that. It was kind of like he accepted it, made him more famous than he would have been otherwise. Um, and yeah. he didn't blame the game for not making the grade, he blames himself. And I think it's probably a good way to look at it in, in terms of, you know. Yeah, and what we, we with, with Freddie, you know, when we first started looking into Freddie, we were kind of a little bit harsh on him and judgmental and we were kind of everything we were reading or, or, or watching we were kind of like oh he's coming across as a, as a bit of a you know sour grapes but it was the more and more we did that was the more and more realization of just how much of a phenom he was like it was a phenomena like, this guy was hanging out with pele jay-z has a, a, a lyric in the a rap about him on the american gangster soundtrack you know it's not just a jay-z album it's like a, a denzel washington film attached <laughs> album and like we just couldn't believe it and the story about the the you know ridiculous nike deal he got when he was like 14 and 15 and it did there was that other side to freddie that you know of, of, of freddie's story where 
he did for us become more of a sympathetic character. And and the the one interview we found, I think it was with ESPN, was when it was it was a couple of years ago, and they interviewed him when he was training young kids uh, to play football. And it, it was so good to hear him talk about. It, it almost felt that he had his next step, yeah. and you could see his next step, and he wanted to give back. And it felt a bit like a redemption arc with that. Um, so we became very fond of Freddie uh, about that, but yeah, Cherno has always come across as just so grateful and, and humble, and I think that's just uh, yeah, it's great. And I know Mark Kerr has always been quite complimentary about it. Um, and you know, there's a story about him playing in Greece and half the team knowing who he is because he's the Simon <laughs> Champ man. It's it's great, man. It's great. Yeah, it, it is the world's language, isn't it, Champ man? It's uh, on full it manager, is. isn't it? It's it's connected. Everyone around the world, one way or another, whether they like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, is, it is. So, speaking of football manager, um, 21 came out um, earlier this week, as we record. Uh, what's your initial impressions of it? I'm assuming you've you've, you've d- dove into it already. <laughs> so the jokes become <laughs> uh, that we are so busy at the minute producing content about football manager <laughs> that we barely played football manager. So. I've had it, I, this this week has been a bit crazy, but the last couple of days have been pretty good, so I have started to get stuck into it. I, play, I, played, I played the beta quite a bit. Um, I, I love it, you know, and, and I, do, I do worry sometimes that people think, like, I'm paid to say that or obligated to say <laughs> that, and it's like, it's not the case, but, you know, I I went away from the game for a while, and, and FM10 became my football manager, and I played it for, like, I think it, it was it was about seven years, I think, eight years that game, um, which always makes me laugh because obviously Tony's 50-year save with Blythe Spartans was on FM10 as well. And <laughs> I think that's, other than 0102, that's kind of our game. So I only came back in probably around 17 in terms of like the new additions. And 17 didn't land for me. And I think it was that awkward transition of... of Coming from you know FM10 to 17 was a big jump in 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 processing the new stuff, and then it was kind of around 19 where I was like, okay, it's getting better. Um, and it's funny how much I loved FM20, and I really loved FM20. Uh, and I, much like FM10, I loved all its wrong parts, <laughs> and it's and all the stuff wrong with it, and I like that. But I think this year the match engine is just it's just a dream like i it, it i think it's one of the biggest leaps and steps they've taken in recent years that's made the game feel like real football again like mm. the way stuff works it works like modern football and i think that's maybe now the the criticism of 19 and 20 they didn't really revamp it for a while um but I think what I'm really enjoying about the new game is that I can apply real-life football logic to it, and it kind of works for the most part. Obviously, you know, it's still FM, and you're going you're gonna to have trip-ups. But I, I, I look, I, I'm very much a match engine and data guy. Uh, <laughs> and the joke became when the, when the announcer started announcing the game, and 
the beta cycle was was coming up and it was like i text tony i'm like oh my god they've got xg in the game they've got um they've got radar graphs and plot graphs and tony is like oh i can hog my players <laughs> i can throw a water bottle and i was like yeah we are two very different people but no i we, we both really be, we've been really really enjoying it and um yeah we, we we are joking at the minute that it might be too easy because tony keeps winning so <laughs> there might be something wrong with it but uh yeah i i've I, i've really really enjoyed it sort of the last week a uh, week and a half where i've really given it some time i was gonna ask you about i think you, right in saying you wrote some sort of tactical pieces um and, yes yes and i was gonna ask you how that sort of the comparison between the match engine and how those tactics would work in real life, I mean, do you see it as almost like a like-for-like? And like? I know you say the match engines come on quite a way, so, I mean, if, I don't know, let's say, hypothetically, if Jurgen Klopp sat down to play the game, would he be able to set up his Liverpool team the way he does in real life, fairly realistically, or do you think it's still a little bit away from that? There's there's always still going to be limitations, and um, it's, it's, it's very difficult to... I still think replication is the hardest thing to do in the game, and I'm... And, a perfect replication mm. but for me it's about embracing philosophies of which i hate i hate it as a word and i hate that i always use it but it's the one it's the one word that we all understand now isn't it? we talk about this stuff or you know ideas or uh, approaches and then the example that i tend to use is is the ralph ranick uh, jesse march approach with the red ball model you know that concept of Okay, so we aim to win the, the, the ball back in eight seconds when we lose possession. And when we win the ball back, we look to progress as as, as direct as possible to goal and look to score within 10 seconds. And, and the Jesse Marsh saying if we press to score. Um, and, and it's that sort of ideas that I think can be implemented to the game, especially now where if you look at things like, you know, you've got... Um, the data to sort of support, you know, things like XG or um, the defensive and attacking efficiency. You know, if if you're passive or you're busy or it gets start, you can start to sort of mold it. So I do think there is when I'm sort of writing about stuff, it is a little bit theoretical and interpretation. And obviously, when any open up anything for interpretation, it's kind of <laughs> like, well, this is how I see it. Um, but. I think that's still a role-playing element of what football manager is. I think it can never not be that because it can't be an accurate, like a really accurate simulation of football. Uh, because I think that's in, it's it's probably impossible to do. Um, but also as well, I do think you'd lose the essence of what makes the game great. And it is, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of spreadsheets with a role playing on top, you know, look, let's not pretend it's Dungeons and Dragons for football fans. Like <laughs> it is. Right? So yeah, I, I do. So I, when I do tend to, to write about stuff, I do tend to try and be like, this is where my thought process is. And this is what I'm trying to implement rather than if you put your, you know, your your line of defense here and your line of engagement here is going to be the perfect representation of uh, Jurgen Klopp's pressing system. Um, but it's not because we can't, you know, we can't put pressing traps into the game. We can tell players to close down a, a specific person, you know, whether it be the fullbacks in, but that's still, 
it's still not oppression trigger you know you can't you can't have that nuance of all right so when the ball goes back to the goalkeeper on his right foot when he's a left footed goalkeeper <laughs> that's for my you know it's 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 difficult but yeah I, I try and base it on this is the the ideology of of what we're trying to achieve here um and i think that's more fun i think i think people enjoy it more yeah i think even going back to when you know when it was championship manager there was as you said there, there's still a lot of things that are open to interpretation. So if you take it right back 20 years, people say, well, what do the arrows actually mean? Like, is that where they're going to be? Yeah. Is that where they're going to run to? Uh, you know, is, is the off-the-ball start defensive? Is it attacking? And all these sorts of things, I mean, you could probably dig in online and find the exact answers, but what would yeah. you want to do? If you were managing a football yeah. team, you, you wouldn't know necessarily that, you know, if someone's going to stand there, it's going to make them better. Like, you could just find out by trial and error like everybody else, and that's kind of, it's... it's um, where it really does equal real life is that it, it it is just seeing what works, and that's why you have you know friendlies and whatever else. And you know, it's, even they've gone a step further this year by taking um, percentage condition out of the game, and you just get the sort of, yeah. the sort of weakening man, if you like, I don't know what you describe it as. But um, and you wouldn't know in real life that someone was twenty percent mm. fit or forty percent fit, or whatever. You know, you would look at them and go, "He's knackered. He needs a rest or a drink or a Lucasade or whatever." So um, you know, there's uh, I think that's an extra element that's kind of been overlooked for a few years but i think it's a good a good thing to put in i i completely agree and and, and i know i know you know and I, I was one of them at first because i had issues transitioning to the new like ui and the way it looked and the presentation of data because i got because it was so similar for so many years i got used to clicking into like you know team stats and then going in and looking at my shot maps and my passing networks and stuff like that and it's it's obviously stuff that is based on reality but the presentation that they've got via the guys from size sports is cleaner and more accessible but it still does have depth there is still depth there that i do think you know people that have been playing it for a while can still get value out of um and again it's like i know a few people have been like oh well you know the tablet that comes up doesn't give me a lot of information i'm like well most football managers don't have that information you know, readily available at the, at the second or at the minute, you know, <laughs> other than video analysis. I know, especially if you watch like the Bundesliga, it's turning up at the minute, like everyone's got a touchpad or whatever on, <laughs> on the pitch side, side thing. And, you know, like I, I was watching, uh, I've been watching Leipzig a few few times in the Champions League and Julian Nagelsmann spending more time watching the monitor than he's watching the actual pitch. And I'm like, all right, okay. But yeah, it's, 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 it's always going to be tricky, right? With, with, getting the balance right because again you know we're hardcore man we've, we've been here for years but it's the biggest this game has ever been on a, on a mainstream level it's insane how popular it's got and yes is it due to the situation of everyone being being stuck in their homes at the minute probably but it's still been growing over the years and it seems to have been more of an occasion every single year uh, a game comes out so you still got to make that accessible, you know. You still got to make it so new people can come in and enjoy it, and not get battered every every week. So, I think they do a great job. Considering, as you say, it comes out every year without fail, and there's not many series have ran for as long as that um, mm. without you know just releasing the same game pretty much. You know, there's always at least something new they put in there, and they've done this year in a pandemic. So I think you know, fair play to them for. Uh, for not just taking the sort of the Pez route from this year where they've gone, well, it's the same game with yeah. updated teams. So enjoy. And, you know, I am enjoying, but that's not the point. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
where can people find the podcast and anything else that's, that's going on at the minute? So podcast is on Apple, Google, Spotify, and it's on we're we're, we're supported by Acast, um, so you can get it on the Acast player or the Acast website as well. Um, it's, it's probably pretty much like Acast are, are pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie, because um, we kind of just do everything through them and they take care of everything for us, yeah. um, which is uh, we're super lucky. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it, they, they're great. So yeah, if you whatever podcast where you listen to you probably be able to find it on 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 that um yeah and then obviously we've got a patreon now which is patreon.com forward slash uh football manager therapy uh it's three pound we've only got one tier at the minute it's three pound a month it's just a way of of helping support podcast and then you get two extra episodes a month so you get a retro episode which this month's going to be martin palomo and then we do like a, a bonus extra episode so November end of November is actually about data uh, analysis, uh, and then in December we're planning, <laughs> which probably appeals to you, but we're we're, we're planning on um, giving our Patreons an option to vote on what international tournament from the nineties we watch the BBC review of, and then talk about. Well, that sounds outstanding. <laughs> yeah, because we keep joking. We're like, do we even bother? putting euro 92 in because unless you're danish <laughs> that is no one's favorite tournament <laughs> so, no, no that, that won't win <laughs> exactly so because it's funny because me and tony or tony's a little bit older than me so he's pulling for italian 90 or usa 94 because of course he is because that's the most tony tournament in the world ever <laughs> um whereas i'm pulling for euro 96 even though i am a welshman despite my accent so it's it's not exactly a tournament where you'd think I'd prefer, uh, but I, I'd settle for you. Um, Welcome '98 as well, but yeah, we we are intrigued to see what gets the vote. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good tournaments there. As you say, I think anything other than Euro '92 was a winner. Um, there, there weren't. Yeah, there weren't any bad tournaments really in the '90s. It was just a, just a better era. Let's be honest. But hey, hey, do you know what? It's <laughs> it's it's it is, and, and and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's innocence. I don't know. I don't know if it's nostalgia. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's something, I mean, again, you know, we've done it with the retro episodes. Every time we talk about something, you know, every every time we talk about Italy, basically, it's like, we're like football, you know, football Italia, Gazette Italia, James Richardson, the 90s, George Ware, you know, Zola, um, Palmer, and like, it's, it's always that 90s, um memory that we have of of that league and and that that style of football um but again i i think for me as well it's the influence of the books i read and, and the football literature i read um that i kind of I hold a little bit of nostalgia for like late 80s uh 90s football so yeah <laughs> at least we're in agreement on that it's uh yeah <laughs> we all love the 90s um Last thing I'm going to ask you about before before I let you go, um, you've started doing what I'm going to call a rap at the beginning of some of these, some of these episodes. <laughs> what? How did this happen? Like, what? What, what happened? So, so, oh man, I, I, it's 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 become its own thing, and it, I really I love it and I hate it, um, as you can imagine. Um, so, it started because. When we were doing, it would have been around about episode three or four. 
um, it started when we were kind of like talking about like the Europa League and the Champions League at that time. And I was watching the BT Sport presentation. Of course, they always wheel out James Richardson, who is literally my idol. Like there is, there is everything I do as a presenter, <laughs> as a human being, <laughs> everything. I just, I idolize that man. And it's quite embarrassing because I worry that one day I'm going to meet him and he's going to be like, oh, you're that guy is weirdly obsessed with me. And I'm like, yeah, I am because you're the best at what you do. Um, and the thing that I always loved about Richardson was that he'd always have this slight of tongue or expression and it was always so so good and it was even better when he used to do world's strongest man i don't know if he still does it i used to love that (laughs) so but it's what a dream team of james richardson as presenter and danny wallace as commentator it's just like tick all the boxes i'm sold (laughs) so i started doing it as a as a tribute to james richardson and i think the first one was i did one that was just a slightly slicker opening and then i, I remember the one it was definitely the moment it clicked um i, I was talking about Bayern munich and it was hansi d straight stunting um and then it was a card it was a cardi b line from from <laughs> finesse of bruno mars and and it just it it just made tony laugh because I never tell him what I'm going to do. <laughs> so he goes in blind. And if anything, I actually have to cut out his his audio track when I edit it because he's usually pissing himself laughing <laughs> before I finish it. So I have to cut him out a little bit. So it just became a game of, all right, how do I make Tony laugh? And we ne- I, 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 again, everyone probably thinks it's show business, but he has no idea what I am going to say. And there was just one, there was one week <laughs> where... Um, I just changed to start doing it. But there was one week where I, I did Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe, <laughs> um, which is, for me, I, I, I always remember that song because it was on San Andreas. Oh, yeah. um, and I loved I loved it, whatever radio station it was on. And like I proper went in on it, and it was <laughs> I was really proud of it. And Tony was just like, I don't know that song. Oh, and I was like, how do you know that song? <laughs> so that was when I then... We literally spent a minute and a half, uh, and I basically ha- I did twenty one seconds by So Solid Crew, and I did and I do it all in one take. And Tony lost his mind, like, <laughs> uh, and then and it just it's just continued to evolve from there. And it's just ridiculous now. It's absolutely ridiculous. And every every bloody week, I have to sit there. And and go right. What does Tony know as a song? <laughs> and then try and rewrite a rhyme. And I was I was telling him I was like I'm going mad, and it's probably lockdown. But I woke up in the middle of the night a month or so ago, and and, and I woke up and I was like I'm going to use I'm real by Jar Rule, but talk about Real Madrid. And I was like it's gone too far. It's gone too far. So yeah, I. Uh, I know what this week's is because, again, it, it's kind of come from something else. But I genuinely, it's usually the day of or the day before where I make the final decision. And then I'm just like, <laughs> all right. But it is just to make Tony laugh. And it's so silly. It's so silly. Um, but, you know, it's work. So well, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. There you go. So everyone needs to tune in, if nothing else, to hear the rap. But 
I assure you the rest of the show is, is as good as the rap, so you know. Yeah, we probably will we'll probably do a compilation for our Patreon at one point of all the intros. I, I need to decide what episode I it, it to be honest with you, that sounds like a Christmas thing and, and I think episode twenty of the main uh episodes is is around about Christmas time. So maybe I'll make the compilation there, but I'm gonna have to retire it at some point uh, because it's, 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 it's that or take Dizzy Rascal's rap from the uh, the remade. Um, do they know it's Christmas? <laughs> or um, DMX singing a Rudolph <laughs> the Red Nose Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's so bad! And like, honestly, I I nearly it was, last week was the first week where I actually threw a strop about it and I texted Tony, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not I'm not doing an intro. <laughs> And he was like, "We have to," and it ended up being celebration by um, Cool and the Gang, uh, and it was dead short. And and he was like, "See," he was like, "You still did it though, didn't you?" And I was like, mm. Mm. "So yeah, <laughs> who'd have thought it? A eh? part-time MC, but you know, whatever. Oh, uh, why not in this in these lockdown times? Why not? Exactly, exactly." <laughs> Matt, thanks ever so much for coming on. Really enjoyed talking uh, to you. And uh, oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Good luck with all. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks to Matt uh, for taking time to, uh, to chat to me there about um, well, well everything really good a nice good good chinwag um, and again thanks to, uh, to Andrew and Ed for uh, for all the the podcast interviews this week uh, Ross you uh, you had a good time yeah I love listening to these I don't get to take part in interviews because I, I don't know uh, I'm, I'm lazy I suppose <laughs> I, I think it's know. laziness you have a, you know you have a full time job and a and a family to support yeah I have a six year old so. child who is uh, demanding of attention but I, I love listening to them I love putting the shows together and releasing them and, and listening to them and just what we want is more feedback if you're listening to this podcast just let us know Give us a tweet at Man on the Post or at Dave CM9798 or even mine at Rossbow1984. Give us a, a tweet and let us know that you're listening and you're enjoying them because we can see people are listening more than any of our other Man on the Post podcasts. So just let us know what, what you think and if you've got any ideas for us or people you'd like to kind of uh, push to be on the show, we, we'll talk to anyone, Dave, won't we? We absolutely will. I mean, what we've, what we've learned from these podcasts is that there's so many of you um, out there who've got a story to tell about, about Championship Manager in particular. Um, and we want to hear it, you know. It, it, for all, it's great having uh, the likes of, you know, we've had Bjorn on, we've had Lionel Morgan on. Yeah. Um, these players who, who are in the game, they, they probably haven't played a game that much themselves. So yeah. if, if you're um, on the other side of the fence and you, you played the hell out of it, we want to hear from you. You know, there's um, there's always stuff out there that uh, that we maybe didn't know or little nuggets of information that seem to get uncovered as the weeks go on. So, um, yeah, we, we're always happy to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. I think we may maybe try and get the winner of the, the lockdown challenge on for a little interview, maybe for the December episode. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We, um, I did promise a quiz as well to finish the year, so so maybe we'll do that as well. Um, God only knows how we'll do a quiz, but <laughs> we'll figure that out later. But a yeah, big Christmas CM ninety seventy eight Zoom quiz or something. We'll record it and we'll stick it out. Yes, maybe we'll live stream it. Maybe we do that. Oh God. <laughs> The pressure. Let's put more pressure on ourselves. Um, but yes, if you've listened to any of the podcasts throughout this year, thank you very much. We hope it's helped you get through at least uh, two hours of your a day when you've been at home, if you've been just staring at the same four walls, or if you've been out walking dogs or 
spend time with your family anything like that it's just let us know if you've listened to it and if you're enjoying it we really want to hear from you um so yeah we will be back next month with a quiz maybe it'll be on live stream maybe not um what's happening on the blog dave loads of stuff as ever yeah lots going on um so what we got so next sunday is the last episode of the retirement home no i know um <laughs> so so tune in for that um that's sunday uh, monday you've still got matt and, and the old the old welsh lads trying to trying to make their way in life great um we actually have a vacancy on tuesday at the minute um Ooh. liam's taking a bit of a break from the hit to z game so i've been filling it with bits and pieces that i've got i've sort of had on the back burner waiting for, yeah. for a gap but um if you do want to send us your um your blog by all means now is a good time a good time as any get in with a better idea than me just having another go at Leeds just, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'll, just I'll just send Dave another challenge that's the <laughs> um, Wednesday is um, it was the Wonder Kids again that came to an end last week um, yeah. incidentally we have a Wonder Kids shirt to give away um, amazing. A- a- Andrew's had one printed um, it is absolutely outstanding yeah. um, and we're going to give it away as a prize at some point so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that yeah. Um, so he's taking the Wonder Kids International the next few weeks um, with some international Wonder Kids. So give that a give that a, a, a peek. Um, Thursday is still Peter Jones in Alloa. Um He's still on the hunt for that SPL title. Um, he's managed to win win your 2004 with Scotland, but hasn't managed to, <laughs> managed to uproot Rangers or Celtic and win the SPL yet. So more fun and games with Peter on Thursday. Uh, Friday is Nick from Same Classic Squads. He is um, currently in Spain with Bill Bar with the Basque Boys. Um, that's um, it's still going well. He's uh, sort of fl- flicking between that and the um, the O one or two aces. So he does yeah. a season of each and, and flicks back. So I think um, the O one or two aces are back mm. uh, in January. So um, stick with the Basque Boys for the time being. Uh, and then Saturday is um, Philip Verbist with the um, the Belgian. Belgian Odyssey, I guess you'd call it. He's yeah. bu- building up towards taking Belgium to a World Cup um, when the job becomes available. Um, They're a fun team to manage, as I found out in the last CM Cup. Yes, no defenders, all out attack. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> and the answer is you play it in round two. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't go well, but it's fun to guess. <laughs> Um, so yeah some great stuff on the blog and I'm going to I'll try and think of something new to send you uh, there's a couple of vacancies there so but yeah if you've got any ideas for a blog on CM9798 send it over we're not fussy as you can tell by some of the work that I've put on there before which, uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be good it just has to be content <laughs> well it's not the motto above the door but it may as well. <laughs> but it could be <laughs> um, so if you want to follow uh, Dave on Twitter it's at CM9798 we are at Man on the Post and I'm at Ross Bell 1984 um if you want to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. We don't really ask for those anymore because iTunes is, as a, a podcast platform is kind of dying away and people get them all over the place. But leave us a little review there if you can. That would be great. Um, and yeah, just tweet us. Let us know you're listening. We want to hear from you. And if you want to get involved with helping Dave put some questions together maybe for the Christmas quiz, then I'm sure we'd appreciate that as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so until next month when we will hopefully, no promises, try and drop it just before Christmas. Um, but it may be in that weird period when no one knows what day it is, just after Christmas. Something to fill your time with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until we're back then, it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Dave. Goodbye. And always remember to keep your champ man on the post. Uh-huh.